passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the 18. That makes sense that these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rewind to Raw Triple X. I am John Pollock alongside Wei Ting here with you on this Monday night. And uh, Wei, hello. Hey, John. How you doing? I am uh, I am doing all right. Uh, we have lots to discuss uh, today, but uh, I felt, uh, especially after we talked about this Sunday way, that we should probably start off the exact same way. Um, there was yet another shooting today in uh, California, and uh, I did see you comment on this. It's, uh, it's perplexing. I really – I don't have um, – a whole lot to add beyond the fact that um, it's it's frightening how normal this is becoming um, where shootings are. It's just an it's it's an occurrence that is no longer um, it's shocking, but it is done with such regularity. And um, I, I don't think you're ever going to have a meaningful discussion about this, a meaningful solution to any of this, uh, because I don't think anyone really wants to uh, address uh, a lot of the issues that this brings up uh, with, with people, with guns. And it's just, um, yeah, I'm I'm just at a loss. But um, I was really glad you brought this up last night. And, and here we are 24 hours later, and California is dealing with uh, yet another shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I think like, you know, um, so many, uh, you're right. Like it's, it's kind of become, um, normal in the news cycle. I would say for, for me, it, it's very unusual to see it happen, um, among like an older Asian community. Like that to me was like what was perplexing. And, and I mean, not to, not to say it's not, it's, perple- it's not perplexing when it happens anywhere else, but I, I guess it just hits no, I a, understand. Little, a little closer to home because it, you know, my mom frequents places like that. You know, it, 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 it could happen, you know, like in the neighborhood that I grew up in. And it, it, I just, like you said, John, like I, I don't know if we can even enter a space to have proper discussion about this sort of stuff at the moment, especially when you're talking about something that has become so politicized as gun con- gun control, you and I are Canadians and not to say we don't have those issues here in Canada. Cause we do. Um, yeah, there's definitely problems up here, but I mean, there are, you know, th- there are countries that have experimented with, you know, with, with se- severe gun reform, and you have seen like what the statistics bear out, but um, that to me is not something that is going to happen. Um, and, and I'm not meaning to like 
isolate the U.S. here, but it is like you you look at the numbers. Um, it's it's staggering, and like it it really um you know with the with the Uvalde shooting last week or, or sorry last year um you know my like at the time four year old came home and was like one day just asking him like what he did at school and just stating oh we did a we did our lockdown drill like that's what they practice at school it's not like fire drills like we did it is lockdown drills that they are doing yeah uh there was you know we i also wanted to mention um a shooting at a school at, in des moines today uh with two students killed you know hey like it's it's part of the news cycle um just you know fucking awful um absolutely you know all those things i i guess like in particular with you know the asian community i wanted to speak on is, is the fact that like i at the heart of a lot of this stuff certainly guns aren't going to help um the availability of guns is certainly not helpful but it's especially bad when you're dealing with a community that is sorely lacking in mental health services, mental health awareness, even the discussion, you know, is incredibly foreign, you know, to like people of my parents' generation, for instance. So I, again, like, I'm certain, I'm certain having access to guns, um, is not helpful. And I know, understand California has like some pretty strict laws, but, um, I suppose, like, you know, you, you don't necessarily get checked if you're anyway, that's a bigger discussion. I, it is. And there's not it's not some I don't mean to simplify this as though this would just cure everything. Um, I, I think it's a major issue, but I don't think it's the only one. And you open the door for many other discussions that are, are necessary to have. But it's I, I just feel like there is um, for people that are very well-meaning uh, that there are no answers and that we kind of just sit back and it's a wait until the next tragedy. And they happen in such like, like when Sandy Hook was not a monumental reform, that that was not a line in the sand. Um, to me, uh, it's, it, it's just look at what we have gone through over the last decade. Like think about what Columbine was to us in high school, like what that event was. And now it is such a common occurrence. I just, I can't imagine that this is where we have gotten to, but it is where we are. And that goes just, just beyond like uh, one incident or the other. And looking at the specifics, this is just a, a larger view of um, an enormous, enormous problem. It's a big, big problem. Yeah. Um, and can people get, you know, on the same page enough to try to do something about it? Unlikely, unfortunately. But um, well, our, our thoughts are with the uh, the, the victims of uh, all shootings on on Monday. Uh, we're going to make that transition over to uh, here at the site uh, because we are in the midst of show number two of seven in a row with myself and Mr. Ting. We kicked off our best of seven series on Sunday with a review of the New Japan Noah card from Saturday at Yokohama Arena, as well as the Muda final bye-bye event in the same venue on Sunday. So we went through both of those cards that you can catch now on the Post Wrestling Cafe. And then Wei and I are coming back. We've got Rewind Away on Tuesday, Dynamite Wednesday, and Thursday night, a watch-along of the 1997 Royal Rumble match. We are going to be jumping on board with Brandon from New Jersey, and we will watch... The 97 Rumble from 26 years ago at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, hey, man, like uh, a lot of nostalgia on tonight's show. If you're still in a nostalgic mood and want to jump back to the very beginnings of the Attitude Era, <laughs> jump back with us to January of 1997. What were these legends doing before poker? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Because that's all they do now is they get together and play poker. Certainly. Why weren't there any, you know, raw um, five, six anniversary you know, like four and four year anniversary shows back at, back then. And who would have been invited, John? Who, why were there no nostalgia shows back then? Yeah, it's too bad. You could have had like I, Ivan Koloff and, uh, Bruno San Martino playing poker in the back. And yeah. you could have had, um, uh, maybe, maybe you could have had, uh, I'm trying to think Bob Backlund, uh, trying to join, <laughs> uh, the nation of domination. Yes. Yes. Serving the scene for, you know, um, I don't know, a young, I mean, Rocky Johnson and Rocky Maivia maybe together. The yeah. trial of, of, of Rocky Maivia. Well, that is coming up Thursday night. All members of the Post Wrestling Cafe will have access to Rewind Away, to the Watch Along, as well as Rewind to SmackDown, where we will do our Royal Rumble preview on Friday night, the eve of the Rumble. And then Saturday night, it's Game 7. Way and I will be live minutes after the Rumble from San Antonio and live on the Post YouTube channel, free for all, and uh, going through the Rumble. And then Sunday, Way and I are not going to talk to each other. Uh, no, no. We will be listening to Brandon Thurston uh, along with Chris and Jesse on WrestleNomics Radio. Yeah, back so. to a normal start time. The Bills are gone, and uh, Chris is... Um, NFL season is done. So it is back to, uh, Oh, they're done. Oh, that's too bad. They were eliminated. Sure yeah. The Bengals advanced. So it's, right. uh, yeah. John Moxley's team going all the way now. Well, at least to the final four. All right. Okay. You going well, with the Bengals all the way? Like the 49ers will be. Bengals or the out? Niners. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the one that comes first in the alphabet. And I guess that would be the number team. So <laughs> does that make sense? Um, you, you can, you, you have four options left. They, they've got the, uh, we've got the 49ers and Eagles and the Bengals and Chiefs. So you're, if you uh, want to go, I mean, numerically four, the number four would come before any letters, correct? That's what I meant. Yeah. So you're going with the 49ers. All right. Yeah. I'm going to, um, who am I going to pick here? Yeah, sure. I'll go with the Bengals on Bengals and 49ers. And you want to place a bet, bet on it. You want to okay. gamble? Um, no, no, I don't want to get any any uh, James Krause trouble or anything like that. Not that I have any inside information about NFL games, but we can maybe we can make a wager um, of, of some sort. Um, All right, let's see. Maybe throughout the show we'll come up with something. Okay, that we'll probably is, forget. Honestly, we, we could forget. It's yeah. it's very likely. Lots of shows coming up this week. Uh, Alan Farrell will be on with a WH Park this Saturday for the Long and Winding Royal Road. Um, lots of great stuff. So postwrestlingcafe.com, $6 gets you in the door for all the bonus content. We've got NXT TakeOver New York being discussed on Tuesday. Have you sat down yet to watch TakeOver? Not at all. No. Well, you could always rely on your memory of watching the show in the audience as we did that night in April of 2019. I didn't, I didn't realize, but okay. I you were, will. you were there for this show. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, uh, tune in tomorrow. <laughs> Find out if Way watched it or if he's just going to uh, guess uh, what happened. He always gets it done. I don't know how, but he does. All right. Um, the latest uh, regarding uh, the, the Pew family, and uh, we, we touched on this a little bit on, on Friday night, but the last update that they had uh, put out was that um, one daughter, Gracie, has regained feeling in her lower extremities, and she was able to get up and into a wheelchair. She's off uh, an IV, and uh, Jaylee was able to get into a wheelchair and fitted for a back brace. They were also visited 
by their brother Gannon, uh, Mark Briscoe, also visiting, and their grandfather, uh, Papa Briscoe, Mike, uh, as well, coming to visit them. Uh, Pro Wrestling Tees has put out a special shirt that uh, is in honor of Jay Briscoe. All proceeds from the shirt are going to be going to the Pew family. And at the last time I checked, the fundraiser is now over 288 thousand dollars 291 close to 292,000 right now so i mean they're not they're very close to to 300,000 let's you know uh do our best to you know at least uh get past if not further like this there should be no limit you know to something like this because um there's certainly no limit to uh you know the pain that that this family is going through so support them check out check out the beautiful shirt as well at pro wrestling tees um as excellent so uh, yeah, reach for the sky here. 100% of pro- proceeds go to benefit the Pew family. Yeah. And, um, you know, the family also putting out, you know, on, be- on behalf of them as well, like a message about like the other driver that, that died in this, um, yep. that, you know, has been, you know, a-, a lot of, you know, comments on social media, uh, uh, attacking like the family and stuff like that. It's like, y- you do not know what the circumstances are and it, even if you did, it's like, man, this was a mother as well that lost her life. And mm-hmm. I don't think like, don't don't it's so much of this in this the wake of this tragedy. I have seen like the best of like online um, discourse. And it's unfortunate that you have to see this stuff. But I mean, that is that stuff is going to exist. But do keep in, in mind that there was, you know, another driver here. And, and we do not know. Uh, we, we do not know what, what the circumstances were. Um, it's a tragedy uh, that two people died. Yeah, no matter what the circumstances were. The the woman's family is hurting just every bit as much. Um, I, I was so saddened to, to learn that she was a mother of two. Yeah, she was only 27 years old, um, as well. And it's, you know, I, you know, don't, oh, and, and so don't, awful. This story and never jump to worse. conclusions on this stuff either. Like, it's yeah. just like, you, you don't mm-hmm. know. Like, I, like Randy Savage, when he had, when, when he died, like yep. his car, like he was driving his car. It's like, you just, you don't know what, what heart happened. attack. Yeah. Well, I'm saying like in, in this instance, yeah. um, specific, like we, we don't know what, was happening to her at, at that point either. And it's like, regardless, like there is a loss of life here and to respect that, obviously I've been, um, I've just been really moved by just some of the messages that have come out on behalf of the Pew family that it's, um, it's remarkable how they are uh, handling this and at least getting a, a bit of good news uh, with regards to the daughters and that, you know, movements are occurring and, you know, they've got such a long recovery ahead of themselves, but we, Continue to wish all the best for them. Did you have a chance at all to see being the elite today? Did not. No, I read the recap, though, on the site. So this was primarily focused on Jay Briscoe and obviously rocking Matt and Nick Jackson and by extension, Brandon Cutler, who was traveling with them. And uh, this was in Fresno, so they did not have to fly. It was like driving to the show. So I'm sure very uh, reflective of it. And they did note that last week, the tapings in Fresno for all talent, it was voluntary if you wanted to work or not based off of the, off of the news of Jay. And they, they were in communication with, with Mark Briscoe. They mentioned near the end and it also helped them being around this whole locker room that they all wanted to, you know, so many of them knew Jay Briscoe and being around each other. I'm sure that was very, um, cathartic for a lot of them and the bucks even noted like their heads were so 
elsewhere that when they came out for their tag match with Top Flight, they were introduced as the trios champions and had forgotten to actually wear their belts out to the ring, which, uh, I mean, I certainly didn't notice, but um, that was just an interesting note. But Matt adding the fact that when AEW started from day one, they stated for this tag division, we need the Lucha Brothers and we need the Briscoes. And they went to bat for the Briscoes and, you know, we saw the result. They could not uh, get that one through, but it was obviously a very difficult for many, many people involved and uh, the Young Bucks, no exceptions at all. Like you could see, like this was you know, very hard for them. Just the fact that they had to go out and wrestle, um, you know, 24 mm-hmm. hours after this, after this news mm-hmm. and how much of their history is tied with the Briscoes. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, again, it's, it, I, I'm, I'm incredibly like impressed at, at just how, how much like people have good to say about, you know, Jay Briscoe, um, throughout the community. It really kind of feels like, um, I, I mean, I, you know, we, we often get like tributes whenever somebody passes, but like, I, this feels like it's gone beyond, you know, just like the sort of like customary, you know, um, hey, like the, this person was a really good guy. And people are going above and beyond to tell you how much they love this person. So it, it kind of tells you what you need to know. Yeah. There was a real reflective moment where the, the Bucks were discussing after their match the fact that, you know, the, the industry always goes on and it's sort of like, they want it to kind of like stop for this. And it does feel in some ways like this is one where it's, it's not just one of those, you know, you, you, you watch this person, you knew them from a distance and we, we move on. Like it's one that I um, certainly held on to a, a lot of people here almost a week removed. So anyway, we will keep uh, people updated on that front. We move on over to a report uh, that came out courtesy of Sean Rossap at Fightful. Regarding, uh, well, the outlet learned that a pitch was made for a huge opponent for Stone Cold Steve Austin, which Fightful Select uh, was told is Roman Reigns. And they go on to report, we're told at the very least Austin's camp was approached with the possibility of it happening, which was said to have been for, quote, enormous money. In the summer of 2022, Fightful reported that Austin was approached with a deal that wasn't as appealing from a financial standpoint. Those that we spoke to in WWE claimed that they had not heard back on whether the more recent offer was accepted or not. And another source indicated that another big name was offered to Austin in the months prior. So, you know, Steve Austin's name has definitely, you know, everyone sees linked uh, to WrestleMania this year. And, you know, this is obviously going to be, you know, speculative, but if you are looking at Roman Reigns and let's put the rock aside here out of those plans and you are looking at the different options, where does a Steve Austin land for you way in terms of um, balancing these cards? And is that a direction that I mean, it's obviously a huge match. Would it be the ideal direction if if you don't have that Reigns rock um, program to do? I think from a marquee standpoint, you know, from the standpoint of like, uh, promoting a match for the, ma- uh, the people that don't normally, you know, uh, tune into a WrestleMania, uh, the type of people that aren't subscribed to Peacock that might pay attention, um, to this particular match in or, and choose to, you know, pay uh, however much they're, they're charging for it these days. I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, it's to me feels like it's a, probably like the next best thing to, if you're not going to get Dwayne Johnson this year, um, to a match that could, 
achieve that sort of status and that sort of difference. Obviously, as a wrestling fan, as somebody who watches this stuff week to week, I think the long-term story of Cody going for Roman Reigns is going to be the most satisfying from a storytelling perspective. But WrestleMania is unfortunately not just about long, like, you know, satisfying the year-long story. Not anymore, at least. It's about trying to get people to subscribe to Peacock. And as much as, you know, I love Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns, um, if we don't get Dwayne Johnson, um, I don't know if it if it fits the bill as much as, as Steve Austin, if you have a hand in Steve Austin to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a different path. It's a, you know, you could certainly argue it's it's the biggest match that they can do. Um, and some might even include like a, a Rock Reigns match, like what an Austin means in that kind of a profile uh, for, for for the show. And yeah, it's it certainly is interesting when you are shuffling the deck and where some of these big names land. But I would say like for Austin, it's like, it's, it's a short list of opponents that you have at your disposal that are big money matches and are also going to be ones that, you know, Austin is going to want to go out there and have the best performance with possible. And Reigns would probably check off those boxes for a lot of reasons. It's a, it's certainly a big match. And I think a byproduct of this report is it's going to have speculation uh, for even as early as the rumble this Saturday of, hmm. you know, kicking off uh, an angle or some, or at least a, a hint in that direction, because you do have to get from A to B where you have to book this battle Royal on, on Saturday with the winner set up with reigns for WrestleMania. Right. Yeah. So, you know, um, so yeah, in, in, over the past week, it's, it's been reported that Dwayne Johnson has decided that it's too late to, well, it's decide. that unless he is, well, according to the observer, unless Dwayne Johnson is keeping this like utterly, you know, mm-hmm. secretive, it would seem that like it is, it's, it's looking unlikely, but it doesn't seem like the door is, or at least that it's like 1000% that you can, mm-hmm. um, bank on it, but it's looking like it's, it's a pretty ambitious schedule that Dwayne yeah. Johnson has coming up yeah. in the near future with the XFL and, and everything else. Yeah. So if you know, like if you're Nick Khan, uh, if you're Vince McMahon, you know, and you've, and you're, if you're Paul Levesque, you, you've, you've, Vince kinda, McMahon's only here to orchestrate a sale. Like, oh, never he's, mind. He's, doesn't even know WrestleMania is happening this year. It's good he's point. Focused on a sale. Of course. Um, he's got other things to worry about, I guess. Um, but, um, you know, if, if you're either of those people, if you're at the board of directors in the WWE, you are maybe in your mind, you've been playing around at least with the suggestion of The Rock versus Dwayne Johnson. Losing Dwayne Johnson. I'm sure that's the match Ignace Lahoud really wanted before he <laughs> <Yeah>. left. Maybe <laughs> that was it for him. Maybe why. that was. It's like yeah, Dwayne's not here. I'm gone. Yeah. yeah. Manjeet Singh was like, you know, <laughs> f this. But like, yeah, uh, 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 you know, you don't have a Dwayne Johnson. This card like really suffers. You know, if you if that's sort of like the the target that you set. And, and you suddenly don't have somebody on the star level, star power level of a Dwayne Johnson on the show. Um, again, Cody is, Cody versus Reigns, at least from that standpoint, from the standpoint of an executive, it's probably just is not as satisfying. So, um, like in that sense, I can really see them, you know, wanting to consider somebody like, like a Steve Austin to, to fill that role. Um, if not Roman Reigns, like, is there another opponent for Austin that you think would be, just as good you know i was you know a a while back we were talking about this and i thought like this is your chance to do your austin cena match but when i saw that who does that serve 
afterwards. It's a, it's a big match. It's it's not make who's who's like Reigns and Austin really serving at this point. Like well, Reigns. can Reigns get any bigger than he is at the moment? Can you, can you expand? Always, you can always get bigger. Well, and, I mean, and, and and at least Reigns, you know, like he's going to stick around for a few more years. We'll probably, you know, like still have a few. Is more he going to stick around for a few more years? Well, okay, fine. He's on it. He might be. He might be towards the tail end. But then you can still have him come back repeatedly. You know, he's still on a delayed cycle. How's, how's that, that match Cena's ending? On. How's that match ending with Reigns and Austin? Reigns and Austin. Yes. This match. Okay. Well, um, Roman Reigns. What do you mean? Like who's winning? Yeah. It's going to be Roman Reigns. Yeah. I don't think Steve Austin should be pinning, pinning Roman Reigns. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it, to me, I, I would look at Austin as one where I think he's that figure that you do want to have, like the really feel good ending to, um, and beating him at the end of Mania. Like you, it's certainly the big match to do. Um, if that's what you're looking at, um, in terms of general interest, like that is going to trump a Cody Rhodes quest for for the title. It could um, be feel good even if he loses. Huh? Could also do, you know, it's you know Austin. It's 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 all in like what, what is what is in this guy's head at this moment is once he kind of tore the bandaid off last year. Now he has gotten through the mental hurdle of I retired and I was done. Now I've mm-hmm. done one. I felt good about it. Is this going to be a scenario where, you know, he, he feels he's got a, a handful of these left in him. He's not just looking at getting through uh, mania like he did last year with Owens. Now it's, you know, where we're waiting up until the week, the the day of to figure out like what, what this guy is going to end he's up. He's probably watching that Muda card and saying, wow, they're like, how old is Austin this year? Uh, God, he is. I'll, I'll pull up the age. He's not quite Muda age, as I recall, but not far off. He might be right near it. Um, let's see. Yeah. Anyway, what, play the age game. What, what is Austin? I'm going to say mind? 55. He's 58. So he's two oh, years okay. younger than Muda. Well, listen. And, bo- and both have knees that are to- his knees are probably not as bad as Muda's, but that, that's low praise. I know this guy was knees on, are not great. This dude was on a Bima TV yesterday, paid his fee and watched Jin Seishinsaki take that bump from the apron through over the barricade through the table. And he's like, you know what? I'm only two years older than this guy. I could do this stuff. So he's probably inspired. And you know what? 50, 50 is the new 20, everybody, in pro wrestling. All these 50-year-olds are doing like crazy spots these days. So, um, Well, I'll, I'll tell you who's not is, is Kurt Angle. Did you see him getting around tonight? That's, you know, yeah. I know the guy's off double knee surgery and such, but man, like... I'm I'm intrigued by Austin versus Roman because I'm I'm very curious to, to see what that match looks like. You know, like this Roman Reigns, you know, tribal chief character has been working, you know, to his advantage. Like I think really like slower paced matches that rely a lot on his like you know in ring acting, and I think that's almost like a really nice little canvas for somebody like a Steve Austin. You know, you you rely on Austin selling a whole lot more, which would be very different from from the match that he had with Kevin Owens. Um, it's interesting. It's, it's a big match. And again, there's no, there's no confirmation that this is, uh, this is happening. Just that, you know, it's, it's been pitched. It's, it's an idea that is out there. Kathleen Finch, who is the, uh, the chairman and chief content officer for Warner Brothers Discovery's U.S. networks, um, did a, did kind of a, a Q&A with Deadline and did speak about both professional wrestling and, um, everyone's least favorite, uh, spinoff, Dana White's Power Slap. So, she noted that, you know, with the Turner networks, which would include TNT and TBS, she says what works best on those networks is sports and off-network sitcoms. So, you know, sports being a, a big 
focus for them. And this is look, look at this photo. Imagine I, ha- tuning into Deadline, and you're an executive, and this is what you're next I, to. I think I'm more like struck by the fact that um, so everybody, if you're just listening to this, de- this is a Deadline article that reads: Milf Manor Power Slap Restructure Tax Write Offs and More. Kathleen Finch gets candid on Warner Brothers Discovery's unscripted TV strategy. Well, I, I think Milf Manor has a much better trajectory than Dana White's uh, slap fighting. I, I guess I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, are, are you watching Milf Manor? I, I'm I'm amazed that there is even a TV show called Milf Manor, um, but I probably shouldn't be. You know, um, am I watching Milf Manor? No, um, okay. I'm not. Maybe, maybe you can but. do a report for us over, over the next week. They said they're going to commission around 4,500 hours of content this year, and then. When she was asked if she is concerned about Power Slap airing after um, after what Dana White did, and she said, of course, yes, this is an experiment, the understatement of the year. This is an experiment. The goal is we are making shows for our fans. That's who we work for. Fans of wrestling have a lot of overlap with the fans of this, and not not that big overlap as we found out last week, and it's huge on social media. So the idea really is if we can take something that's huge on social, bring it to a linear audience, giving the fans what they want. This may surprise you to know, but I did not know much about wrestling before I took this job. I know I seem like a wrestling fan, but I'm not. (laughs) But I did have to learn a lot about the audience. A lot of families that watch wrestling. I was very surprised to learn this. I have a huge respect for this audience. AEW wrestling airs on two of our networks, TNT and TBS on both nights. It kills finding something that speaks to that audience. That would be gold. Now I, I would say this is a strong positioning of AEW. Mm-hmm. Also the idea that this, this power slap, th- this is what our wrestling fans yeah. crave. This is what they want. Oh, it's these like, idiots. They, they, lo- they would <laughs> love watch people. any of this yeah, stuff. They love people slapping each other in the face, you know, and, and, uh, What's they, a they don't, brain trauma. Yeah. They don't care about concussions and things like that. They're savages. These, these, these wrestling fans. Kathleen Finch really outing herself as a, not a listener here at post wrestling, obviously. Um, but, but nonetheless, um, I think this power slap thing is going to, uh, be a dismal death. Uh, I do not see numbers rehabbing after week number one. I expect them to go down this week, and I think it is just going to... Uh, I think they'll get through this run, and I don't know if we'll ever hear Power Slap again. I'm That, that was a pretty uh, disappointing number for week number one, and I just see it decreasing from there. Um, too bad. Do you take from this... Um, Anything that you look at just in terms of AEW's. Yeah, certainly. Like, I would, clear, I would clearly, say like, this is certainly, you know, the fact that she is describing this. I mean, Rampage, it kills. It kills. I mean, that's, I guess that's, could that be a, a tagline, uh, for the show? No, it, it makes AEW sound great. You know, the fact that it holds a high presence on both of the Turner networks and you have an executive here really kind of like talking about it as almost a, a bit of a centerpiece of, of their lineup. So I think it bodes well for their future. I would have immediately followed up and asked her, who's your favorite wrestler? And as soon as I hear a pause for three seconds, I would have known. It's like, okay, she's, could you imagine? <laughs> I'm trying to think like who would be. I, I would think she has at least a few names off the top of her head that like she's who? around this like product. Who? Sting, maybe. I, she's got to be familiar it. with a wrestler or two. I don't even know if she could name Chris This is Jericho. three hours of their primetime schedule. Uh, we know she's she's following uh, Action and Dreddy that entire ride. Konosuke Takeshita, I think, would probably seems like right up her alley. Yeah, yeah. She just saw him at Bola have a tremendous <laughs> performance on yeah. night two. 
AEW is moving their Winnipeg debut. So this was the week that Dynamite was going to be on a Tuesday night, but because of a change to the TBS schedule, it will now be back on its normal night of Wednesday on March the 15th, giving Wei Ting his birthday off. You are free. And now they are going to be running in Winnipeg on MJF's birthday. As he noted, he has to now celebrate his birthday in Winnipeg. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, he, he, he was. He was going to be in transit from, from Winnipeg. Um, you know, otherwise, I don't know if that's going to be that much better for a birthday. A Pisces. So, yeah. The best. So what are Although we doing I, for your birthday? We're going to get together and watch NXT. Um, yeah, sure. That'd be fun. I'll make, I'll make you, uh, I'll make you a coconut drink. I would love that. I would love that. What did you, what did you make yesterday? Um, yesterday I made, I, I made, uh, uh, on Saturday, I made a uh, amaretto sour. Okay, um, it's it, it looked lovely, I, and I'm trying to actually show it off here on screen. But oh yeah, um, I sent you a photo of this. I believe it's going to take too long, and it's probably not worth all this waiting. So. Hey, what, what, which which other one of my family members texted you recently? Um, <laughs> your daughter sent me <laughs> this text. She sent you a video. And some text that was actually semi-readable. Yeah. Um, so I'm texting John. Like, you know, I was at the bank today, like, you know, dealing with something. I was at the, the bank for two hours, like trying to, trying to do stuff. It's, it's, it, it's impossibly slow to get things done sometimes. And then, uh, I'm texting John with an update with like a very serious kind of business related email. And then I get this in response <laughs> that our viewers watching can see with a video too. She yep. sent the video to you too. She, yeah. She wrote, yup. Y space TV B in HD period. Oh my gosh, that's like a code. This is like more interesting than like the white rabbit stuff. Fed W A X S capital A capital A A S square bracket eight exclamation exclamation B dot TV Z H J K L like yeah. Um, so she's speaking. She's made up her own language. This is very impressive. So she didn't want to go out. Uh, in the middle of the day. So I just, I was watching her for like a half hour or so. And then she wanted to watch Paw Patrol on my phone. So I set this up on her phone and she goes and sits on the, on the stairs and is watching Paw Patrol. And it's like an hour later, I go to text you and I pull this up and I'm like, what the hell is this? And then I realized that she has somehow managed to send you this. And I'm just in awe that she was able to send you. She's two and she sent you a video and texted this and of all people it went to you as well i i think you have you know a bit of a prodigy on your hand somebody who um <laughs> she can already read like decently wow yeah it's 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 rather wild she can like, w- like will, she will had this be, children's book she like pretty much read it to me the other night w- will you be like fostering this this newfound skill of hers will you be showing her how to like change Text? her wallpaper on the phone and i don't she know she might know she she's pretty good with electronics already like she can wow. she can manage uh netflix she's she knows how to does she want to take over uh the social media for post wrestling we might not be that far away there was there was one day where i couldn't get netflix to work and she's like daddy reboot daddy reboot i'm like i don't know how to reboot this so she <laughs> takes the remote she reboots the tv she That's holds down this button and incredible. she rebooted the tv i was like i didn't know you could do that make sure she's not listening to this conversation and 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 you know th- think we're like you know like talking about her as if like she's probably capable of way more than even just that. 
she's like she probably she, knows the the code of like that Roku. Yeah. She, well, anyway, she is uh going very fast when it comes to technology, which is both frightening and impressive at the same time. So March 14th, way is off. March 15th, Winnipeg Dynamite. Last thing here, uh, NXT on Tuesday night, we've got a few announcements. It is Katana Chance and Caden Carter, a two-on-one handicap match defending the tag titles against Elba Fire. So maybe Elba Fire will pick up a partner at some point. It's Tiffany Stratton against Indy Hartwell. And I know you always love these segments, Wait, It's a women's championship summit involving Roxanne Perez, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jane. They're going to have a summit. Is it with the legends? Like no. at a round table? Is that no, what a summit is? No, this is just the three of them in a ring together. It's a promo. Oh, okay. And Dynamite Wednesday, Darby Allen against Buddy Matthews for the TNT title, Jungle Hook against Ethan Page and Matt Hardy, Triple Threat, Tony Storm, Ruby Soho, and Britt Baker, Brian Danielson against Brian Cage, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara against Action Andretti and Ricky Starks, and Family Therapy involving the guns and the acclaimed from Lexington, Kentucky at the Rupp Arena. And that is Dynamite on Wednesday night. We've had a string of excellent dynamites lately, so we'll see if this one carries that trend. Um, maybe a string of great wrestling TV period this entire week. Well, way it has been ten and a half years since Raw expanded to three hours, and we have had many a discussion on what makes a great three-hour wrestling program. Can it be done? Some say it's just too long. That is the most frequent comment I get from people over this last decade when it comes to professional wrestling on television. I don't know what the magic formula is, but four matches in three hours where one of those hours is commercial free, that is not the formula. That's what I learned tonight. That is not the formula. Um, I really liked this show. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I also did not watch it live. Like I watched it skipping a lot of the commercials and I understand like whenever they do a commercial free first hour, they backload it like crazy because I had to press, you know, the fast forward button a lot longer than usual. But I overall really enjoyed the show. I enjoyed the first, I would say, 90 minutes of the show. I thought it was going really well. I found the second half to be extremely slow and it just felt as though... um that the show was ready to, to wrap and they didn't have a whole lot to wrap it up with. I found it to be a pretty challenging last hour. Not that anything was terrible by, by comparison to that raw 25 from five years ago. Uh, this no comparison. This was WrestleMania X seven in comparison. That was a dreadful, awful show in mm-hmm. 2018. So they were at the Wells Fargo center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, huge crowd. I think just under 14,000 people Altogether, So this was a massive ticket seller for the company and the host city for next year's WrestleMania. Okay. Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart start the show. If you were only listening, you would have no idea Jimmy Hart was there because Samantha Irvin only introduced Hulk Hogan. Dude, Samantha Irvin is like one of the best ring announcers, period. Mm-hmm. She is great. She was, doesn't was get it, Was it her? Was it her? I, th- I thought it was, wasn't it? Because, like, isn't Raw oh, – I forget the other person's name. It's usually Mike Rome, isn't it, on uh... – No, it's uh... – please correct me if I'm wrong, chat room. I, I mean, I, I, I could have sworn I was. I thought else. it was, was – Samantha, Samantha Urban is the SmackDown announcer, but I could have sworn it was her. Okay. All right. You could be right. Um. Anyway, so Hulk Hogan comes out. Jimmy Hart is just there. And uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, his mic starts cutting in and out. 
and they have to have a guy come out and switch microphones. And his message was that Roth started a long time ago. Go Eagles. What you going to do? And Hogan was out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. No, he was uh, placed in here. Um, you know, Jordan Goodman uh, made a good point about how, you know, the, the pop was largely for the music, you know, like no matter how you feel about Hulk Hogan, I think it's we also the, like the first person out as well. Of the yeah, whole night. We, we can agree that, you know, that that song is it will always be a banger. Uh, and then they just like it went straight to, to him, you know, came out here, said a few words that you couldn't hear because of the mic issues, um, changed the mic, got the cheap pop for the for the sports team and then got the fuck out of there. Um, so. This was Hulk Hogan. You know, he, we, you and I had discussed this and, and, and felt like if there was anybody that the crowd might be turning on, uh, of the announced legends, like he was probably going to be the most likely candidate. And, you know, the way it came across was just like over, overall, like pretty normal, like, you know, positive yeah, I, reaction. And to be quite honest, like I, I, even if they had put him in later in the show, like I really don't think he would, there might have been a pocket of, of people, but I really don't think like there, there was going to be too much, um, negative response to to hogan but you know it's it, it's always possible i would look at this list of legends to you is probably the one that if if an audience was going to turn on someone yeah hogan i guess would be your candidate yeah this was not the titus o'neill you know wrestlemania hosting gig um this came across a lot better for hulk hogan and i think you know probably t- like shows them this is how we should use hulk hogan from this point on <laughs> well i don't know what that says about what you're getting out of hulk hogan. like this was so nothing it was just Welcome to the show was pretty much it. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't know how much value there is of this. There might be some value in like, you know, in his face being the first one that people see for people that, you know, like used to watch wrestling when they were young. And they're like, oh, there's that guy, you know, who uh, I I heard some pretty bad things about. But nonetheless, I remember from my childhood. But I mean, it's really interesting seeing Hulk Hogan on TV in the same week that we've been having the discussion about Jay Briscoe, you know, because here we have – um a, a lot of talk about like, you know, growing from your mistakes and, and being authentic in your apology. And like, I think like over the past week, we, we found somebody who is every bit sort of a representative of a, of a redeemed person coming off of like, you know, prior mistake. And I, when I think of Terry Balea, I, I, I still don't get that now again not my apology to accept and i think a lot of people at this point have 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 forgiven it or have have, have him have or have forgotten it but a lot I, of I think the argument would be way is that you know when he did talk about it i don't think people got like that sincere apology well, you and had then, criticism from like titus and well when, when he when he did the meeting backstage at a wwe event like the word that came out of it was his warning was in this age of social media, like watch out, like you could be recorded. I was like, that would not be the lesson. Like, yes, don't it get was, caught, everybody. It, I'm the victim here. But you know? it's it's like looking at like you can look at from a yeah, it, it was a pretty low thing that this guy got recorded without his knowledge, but that does not absolve what he said in private. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a right to privacy. That right was violated. But that would but, be like Dana White complaining about, you know, uh, oh, like, yeah, fuck the guy who, who recorded me rather than Roger Sterling. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, um, you know, your privacy was certainly invaded, but that. And thank goodness it was <laughs> like, it's like you do not get a pass because of the fact that it was a private, uh, conversation you were, you were having. Um, 
So yeah. I don't know if that's the lesson you come away with. I think, yeah, you are going to be left uh, a bit empty when it comes to forgiveness from some. A- at the same time, like I, I do believe like it, it is a time to, you know, if you are, especially the people that were directly, um, the, the target of his comments, mm-hmm. um, to make that decision of, you know, if you are somebody that, um, you know, believe someone is, uh, that you forgive them. There's also those that, um, they're going to be a lot more, um, easy on figures that they admire and industry, yeah. like stuff that they enjoy. If you are a major wrestling fan that you're, you're not going to allow, um, those comments to inhibit your fandom of a guy. Sure. And, and it's at this point where like, you know, we, like we, we have to talk about Chris Benoit matches sometimes and, in rewind away whenever those, those come up. We've never shied from talking about like, we've been like, we, 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 we at least are sometimes, you know, especially for, for the old, old reviews, able to like separate the performer from the performance. And, you know, is Hulkamania, the type of thing, Hulk Hogan itself, the character, is it big enough that somebody could still continue to enjoy tonight, which was very much just, you know, our memories of the Hulk Hogan character and still feel a certain way about Terry Bollea, the performer. Is that, is that normal to, to feel? It, it all depends on the individual. I, I think it's, I think it's a horrible, um, stain on his legacy but i think as well it's like hulk hogan as well sort of like manufactured this reputation as somebody that um you know had all like he came across as somebody that i i don't think came across genuine in in the public eye he would be often like the furthest thing from it like this was somebody that um said one thing um but meant another um, so, I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, the, the audience does not know this individual on a personal level. So they're left to sort of look at the, the public image that they are. And is this someone that, um, that, that you feel was genuinely remorseful or not? And it doesn't feel like this is something like, um, that Hulk Hogan feels the need to address beyond what he did a couple of years ago. Well, when you speak about the, I guess, lack of authenticity, I mean, that, that's maybe something that you and I who are privy to like, I don't know, some of the stories regarding him off screen. Um, that's how maybe you and I might feel, but I would say maybe the vast majority of people who know Hulk Hogan, including the people that might be in attendance, only know him from, you know, say, uh, Sarah prayers, eat your vitamins and, uh, you know, slamming Andre, like the warm, warm, fuzzy feelings that one would associate with a childhood idol. And everybody ha- gets to make up their own mind, but like, you know, like I, I only bring up the conversation because I think it's incredibly interesting that we got a national TV spot for Hulk Hogan and not Jay Briscoe. But at the same time, we've been saying a whole lot this past week about, you know, forgiveness. Um, is and, that, and dude, for, for what we're arguing here with like Jay Briscoe, like Hulk Hogan was completely exonerated by WWE in the sense he was brought back to television. He's been brought back as a legend. He's a celebrated figure. Like what, tell me what are the consequences that Hulk Hogan truly underwent beyond, you know, he was fired from tough enough as a judge, but he was brought back and he is, he suffered the Dana White consequence of uh, the label. That's, that's, that's probably what, you know, he would say. Yeah. And, and that's it. So, you know, listen, when, when the story is written on Hulk Hogan, like he is, he is going to be a celebrated figure for many people, but that is going to be brought up is, you know, the, 
the content of, of that video. Like that is a part of his history. I feel for many though, it will not be the defining part of, of Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was it. We went into the same video they ran with our, um, uh, what did you think about the, uh, the overplay of I'm good? Were, were you sick of the song by the end of the night? How, how much John, did they restrain I, themselves? I, I've been sick of that song for 20 years. Okay. So but this is a, this is a remix of it. I mean, I, I was sick of it before it was even made. Um, and I, <laughs> it's, I, I wish uh, we had our friend Elliot here because like he said, he like once spoke to an Italian and, um, the Italians have a, a name for that song. Eiffel, and for Eiffel 65, who are an Italian group. And, uh, it roughly translates to, classic no um it translates to the shame of italy <laughs> <laughs> well man in his hometown i think blue meanie coming out to eiffel 65 would have been a nice tie-in uh sure why not that would have been nice with jbl maybe in a poker yeah game. yeah they're friends now the bloodline comes out and Corey Graves compares Roman Reigns to Bret Hart, who was leading a new generation as champion when Raw launched. But uh, Bret, Bret was not showing up for this. Maybe maybe I'll see you guys in 10 years. Didn't get the call. Or maybe he'd have got the call. Uh, he, might, he might have gotten the call. Yeah. I could certainly have seen him getting the call for this. Um, so this is the trial of Sami Zayn. And this was like a half hour. So it's so, commercial free. Yeah. Well, can we talk about the, like them changing this? Yeah, this was going to be the uh, the bloodline, all the generations represented, and then they flipped it over the weekend to announce that it was instead going to be Sami Zayn going on trial after the events of SmackDown, where Roman Reigns got put through the table by Kevin Owens. Is there anything like deeper you, you care to look in, into that decision? I I don't think like for people looking to like tie it into like something with the Rock. I I don't believe that would be the case. I think that this was just a, a change. Um. I, I had seen that it, w- it was appearing that like Rikishi, uh, Afa and Sika were not going to be able to make it. So I think that more than anything, like I, mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting Rock to ever be part of this segment. So I don't think his uh, involvement was going to uh, affect this. But if Afa and Sika and Rikishi all couldn't make it, well, then it kind of defeats the purpose of the multiple generations. Right. So we got ECW chants at the beginning and Heyman kind of plays off of it, saying that ECW is dead and it's the same, I think, Sami Zayn should be as well. Heyman has completely turned on Shmuley, and he is going to be the prosecution against Sami Zayn. Stating in Samoan language, he's an Mbula Banabala. He's wow. a Judas. Pretty good. How, how many times did you have to rewind to get that? A, a few. More than one. Pretty good. And then... Like this audience, they want to cling to ECW Paul and he's really pushing them. But then he says that the Philadelphia Eagles will get conquered by Brock Purdy of the 49ers. And this, fuck you, Paul. You don't, you will never be embraced again by Philadelphia. So Heyman has four pieces of evidence that will prove Zane is guilty as charged as Paul Heyman mm-hmm. uh, dug down for his old pay-per-view voiceover voice exhibit a august 12th of last year when drew mcintyre attacks the usos backstage and zane just hightails it august 29th zane gets a chair ringside hesitates to hit owens with it and ends up costing jay the match 
Then at Survivor Series, there's the bloodline in victory, but Sami Zayn is gloating, sitting on top of the cage, and gives a four-life sign, which I don't think anybody caught, uh, beyond Paul Heyman, who asked, what are we, the NWO? That was a sign. That was a signal for Kevin Owens. And then December 23rd, a Zayn promo where he brushes past Roman Reigns in the ring. <laughs> assault. Assault on the tribal chief. What's next, Sammy? Are you going to perform euthanasia on his father? Are you going to castrate his son? That was an assassination attempt on the tribal chief to try and become the new leader. If nothing else, you are guilty of assault. And I find this rat bastard guilty as charged. I, I feel like it's been said, you know, many a time that, oh. I mean, in another lifetime, I think Paul Heyman would have made a small fortune as a as a star lawyer. I mean, this um, was his education through watching his father. I mean, this this is his wheelhouse. There you go. There you go. Um, he was absolutely tremendous here. And I think, you know, the footage that they have in the poll um, told you everything you need to need to know. Like, I mean, it, it, it ultimately everything here is in service of baby facing Sami Zayn. And clearly it relied on the heel to really stretch in order to find some of this evidence. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> this rat bastard. <laughs> Zane is so hurt that Heyman has done this to him. And he says that it hurts him that you would put me on trial after all that I've done to prove my loyalty. So my defense is I have no defense. So Reigns gets upset and asks if it's his ego that won't let him fight for this. You won't even argue. And he calls on Solo. And Solo is going to have to perform the hit. And he goes behind Sami Zayn and he pulls out the Samoan spike. But before he can off Sami, Jay Uso comes to the rescue of Sami Zayn. And Jay was up all night on his avid as he put together the defense for Sami Zayn. And his exhibits include June of, June 3rd of last year when Riddle was taking on Zayn or sorry, when Riddle was taking on Jay and Zayn played Roman's theme to distract Riddle and leading to Jay's win. August 19th, Zayn takes the bullet for Jay eating a Claymore. Then September 9th, doing the same for Solo when he takes a chair shot from Drew. December 9th, holding on to Sheamus, allowing the Usos to beat Sheamus and Butch. And then the low blow and Haluva kick delivered to Kevin Owens at War Games. Jay argues that Zayn has taken bullets for everyone. He's bulletproof. I didn't trust Sammy. I despised you. But you saw the good in me, and you never gave up on me. That's what family does. Sammy, I love you like a brother. So if you're voting to keep Sammy in the bloodline, put your ones in the air. And Jay and Jimmy vote to keep Sammy in. The crowd is chanting Sammy Uso and Reigns. The, the judge rules that Sami Zayn is not guilty for now. And Sami, you should thank Jay for buying you more time. Finish out tonight, make us proud, and then I don't want to see you until the Royal Rumble on Saturday. And that is where you will have to pass the final test to determine if you really are part of the bloodline or not. This was the first half hour of the show. It was awesome. They could have gone the first hour and I would have enjoyed this. This was tremendous. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It was like riveting stuff. And I do not use that word too often. And, and, and you know, given like the, the late change, I, I mean, you really do wonder how much time they had to come up with it, with it all. Um, you know, could have fooled me like, you know, that they, didn't come up with this, you know, way in advance because it it was of 
good quality, high quality. I think what what has made this program stand out above so so many other you know ones we we typically see in professional wrestling is I think some like relatively strong acting ability. You know, in the star players here, in Paul Heyman, in Roman Reigns. And especially in Sami Zayn, and I think especially in Jey Uso, who, man, you know, like ever since like he's kind of made up with Sami Zayn, he's taken a bit of a backseat. Like he doesn't have as much to do now that his kind of story has been resolved. But I think it was wonderfully poetic here that he was the one, the most the most vocal anti-Sami Zayn person in the group is now the best friend, the one who is most pro-Sami Zayn, you know, staying up all night on his editing machine, you know, putting together those those wonderful clips. In terms of performance, I think all of them bring out the best in each other. And, you know, like week after week now, they've been using the bloodline a lot, both on Raw and on SmackDown. And ultimately, what do we really gain? Like usually things just kind of typically return to the status quo as many times as they might, you know, tease Roman being angry at Sammy. Usually by the end of the week, by the end of the episode, it's like, okay, they're a strong unit together again. We're kind of going in circles until, you know, we get to Mania, whatever. But I'm never dissatisfied watching a Bloodline segment because the performances are so good. You know, the, the, they're just so entertaining and they're just fun, you know? So, but I would say overall, what you are doing throughout all these segments is I think you continue to babyface Sami Zayn really well. Yes, he's part of a heel group, but all of his motivations are completely genuine. All he wants to do is please the tribal chief and feel a sense of belonging in this family that may not necessarily want him. But they're, they're doing a good enough job to convey that to the, to the audience that we just, we want him to succeed. So the way they position this is that Sami Zayn is not supposed to be on SmackDown. So I guess they, they could always do something where he pops up, but the idea was, I don't want to see you till Saturday. Are you expect, do you leave this expecting Sami Zayn in the Royal Rumble or have they done enough that people do not expect that and there's any kind of letdown if he's not in it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think we're, you know, we're looking at a Daniel Bryan situation potentially here. If you don't make it explicit that he's not going to be in the Rumble, people might end up cheering for him. Like, you know, when you get down to number 30. And, and the person that will uh, be most affected by that, if that is ambiguous, Cody. is Cody Rhodes. Mm hmm. Totally. Yeah. So I think they have to make it like pretty clear if he's not going to be the, in the Rumble. Like maybe he gets taken out earlier in, in the night. Um, but yeah, they haven't stated his entry, and I don't know if there's a purpose in putting Sami Zayn in the Rumble. Maybe that's the final test: is that Sami Zayn has to show his loyalty in the Royal Rumble. Um, but but I mean, the feud is Kevin Owens. The story is Kevin Owens. Yeah, no, and it, it, it it's it, that kind of makes no sense either. Like if he's yeah. in the Rumble, it's either they could shoot an angle at the Rumble, like I don't know, maybe after the match, and say like, okay, uh, final final test. You know, win the rumble. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. But like, if, if you're laying out the rumble to tell the Cody story, I don't know if Sammy really has a place in it. So our first match was the Usos against Damian Priest and Dominic for the Raw t- tag team titles. Uh, they work over the lower back of Jimmy after he takes a pounce onto the desk. Uh, Finn Balor gets ejected and Jay goes for the Uso splash, but is cradled by Priest. And then Jimmy hits the Uso splash, getting a two count. Jimmy injures his knee in the process, uh, landing on the floor, and he ends up needing help to the back. So Adam Pierce is out, stating, if you can't continue, then the titles are forfeited and you lose the match. So Sami Zayn offers to take Jimmy's spot. And this was a great callback to the tag turmoil from two weeks ago. And Pierce notes, I did this for the Judgment Day. 
Like this was not some, oh, they came up with some wacky, uh, new rule. Like this mm-hmm. completely ties in with what you did two weeks ago. So Pierce approves it and it is now Jay and Sammy defending the tag titles. So Zane just fires up Tope Kanhiro onto both men, exploded to Dominic and then is hit with South of Heaven by, by, uh, Damian Priest. Jay then stops a 619 with a super kick, delivers one to Priest, but then Rhea's in the ring and he holds up and won't super kick her. And Rhea is goading him to, to strike her. Dominic then drop kicks from behind, hits the 619 and frog splash, but in comes Zane to save Jay and they hit the 1D on Dom and Zane gets the pinfall, winning it for the team. Yeah. Um, I thought this was really awesome. This really? is like an hour of the bloodline to start raw commercial free. And I thought it, it all built on each other. You know, like the fact that I think this match came across so well is because you've done such a great job in the first segment, building the audience's desire for Sami Zayn to again, want to please want to achieve his own personal goal of achieving, uh, of, of pleasing this family. So now you put, first of all, I thought Jimmy did a great job with the dive, like, you know, and, and, purposely landing on that foot like had had me kind of convinced there at the beginning to to think that that could have been real obviously it was you know all done to set up this wonderful angle and now you put Sami Zayn in a situation where he gets to prove himself you know he gets to make good on you know what what has already um been in doubt in, in the tribal chief and and what Jay Uso kind of like went out of his way to, you know, put his own reputation on the line to prove his loyalty and his worth to the bloodline. Now we get to see that story like embodied in the result of this match. And I was so captivated in particular because I thought this was where he was going to fuck up and he was going to lose the titles for the Usos. You know, just in a time where like Jay, Jay was like so like, you know, into Sammy, like you deserve to be a part of my family. Then he fucks up and gives Roman that much more motivation. So I was, uh, I, I, this is all to say, like, I, I really believe that we could have had a title change here, you know, especially because we're closer to Mania. Um, and because the judgment day are so hot, but they went the other direction. They, they're keeping both belts on the Usos. I just thought like the heat was tremendous here. You put the focus in the match on the guy that this arena cheered for the loudest all night. Um, I thought it was great. Then uh, Reigns notes in the locker room in the office that he still doesn't want to see Sammy until Saturday. JBL and Baron Corbin show up and they meet with the Godfather who is running the poker game. And he asks JBL, who's this stooge you're with? Barry Corbin? And they can't. They're not on the list. So in comes Ron Simmons out of the APA office and they state they're not on the list. He also calls Corbin a stooge and then they pay off Simmons and the Godfather and they get admitted into the most exciting poker game in raw history. So, I mean, poker, like it feels like it's a setting they just used. Didn't, didn't we have a poker game recently? Yeah. Like with, with JBL and Corbin. Yeah. We're, we're Loomis, uh, yeah. lost or won the money. Yeah. I had, that one was whatever. This one at least had a purpose. You know, the, the poker game was, was the APA's thing. And, and at least like, I think, I think it made sense in that sense. Um, it's too bad that they've overused it, you know, in the past, but I, I liked it a lot more here. I think the, the door gag, you know, um, was really nicely revealed. And, uh, you had a little APA reu- reunion between, um, Farouk and Bradshaw. I'm fine with doing the APA reunion, but this, this poker, it just felt like, 
okay, here's our way to get everybody on. Like this was just like, that was just it. It was, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I've seen, I don't need to see any more poker games in, in, in pro wrestling. I think I'm pokered out. Uh, throughout the night, we got uh, photo montages of the various uh, with the various raw themes underneath them. There was one where they just the the last shot was Vince McMahon's exploding limo, and it just stayed on that. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, did you notice any? I don't know uh, any um, out of the ordinary sort of um, appearances in terms of uh, Vince. I mean, on this show, um, between, I mean, the, the last poker game, that was like a hunter thing. So you can't really necessarily assign that. I will say, like, the handling of some of these legends is just like geeks. That was certainly a Vince thing. And there were some that came across like that on this show. I, I would actually contend the opposite. Like, I, I feel like often, you know, during the Vince nostalgia shows, it always ended with like the legends taking too much of the spotlight. Oh, this, this was definitely not the legends taking the spotlight. No. I just meant to say they, the legend, I would say more on this one. They made them feel insignificant in a lot of different ways on this show. Maybe too insignificant. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Like, I, I think in many ways, like the role of a legend, you, you know, on these sort of shows is to, you know, certainly not bask in the spotlight, not take the spotlight, but to enlarge the spotlight, you know, for the current roster and i feel like in many cases they successfully achieved that in some they did in in others i just i i feel like there is an audience that wants to see um some of these stars that were stars from like a generation ago uh feel like it and i think in some they just felt like nothing i'm curious like what what examples as we go through the rest of the show you i'll 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 bring them up um you know this poker game would be an instance of one though i'm not i'm not arguing that like uh, diamond dallas page and medusa were were huge deals but just i mean if i brought that up you would be i think scratching your head even remembering they were on the show uh, we'll also bring up uh, what, whatever happened with it with the Bella Twins because they apparently posted a video of why they did not appear on Raw tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you can go uh, up at postwrestling.com. Andrew has uh, a video, actually, that the Bellas posted. Maybe we can play that after. W- were they actually present? Uh, they were there, yes. Oh, um, interesting. Anyway, it was, uh, okay. they, they explained why they were not uh, used on the show. Hmm. LA Knight is out and calls Bray a grown-up incel living on past glory. And the legends here tonight are living on past glory and asks any of them to come out for a preview of the pitch black match. So the Undertaker's gong hits, but then it turns into American badass. It's Mark Calloway coming out to Kid Rock. The marriage, um, everyone just wanted to see one last time. Uh, dude, Undertaker came out on this motorcycle. This had to have been the slowest ride of the man's life. It was uh, just like... I don't even think this thing was on. He was just like Fred Flintstoning it down the ramp. Yeah, like a like a toddler. Like, it know, was like, so right. slow, like the way he's going down here. It's like, I mean, is he even going to make it around the whole ring? I, I think you're. I think you're hilarious, and I know you're tinging this with like you know a, a hint of sarcasm. I fucking love this. Okay, I'm not going to let you ruin this for me, John, because I I didn't know I want I was nostalgic for the American badass Kid Rock entrance of the undertaker like when the gong hit i thought oh okay yeah like the undertaker shows up great you know like i could fast forward this you know i'm already like you know behind watching the show but then he came out to the kid rock with with the motorcycle it's been 20 years since i've seen this entrance and i watched every second second of it it couldn't have been slow enough i really enjoyed it all right well he comes out on the on the motorcycle and 
LA Knight brings up the comments Undertaker made on Joe Rogan about the locker room being soft, and he agrees. And the softest one is Bray Wyatt. And jokes about how LA Knight is going to make The Undertaker go see The Undertaker. And then he decides, I'm going to give you a pass and let you live to see another day. And I'm going to be the Lord of Darkness after the Rumble. Dude, I thought LA Knight was pretty great here. He I was thought, great. I, man, I'm just, I'm watching this. I'm like, I'm way more interested in this guy than I am Bray Wyatt by a mile. Can we say like this was the biggest stage, you know, LA Knight has probably ever had like on bra. On oh, big segment with show. The Undertaker. Yes. If, if this guy was younger. Um, his age is the only thing working against this guy, um, that he is one of the best talkers in this company. And I, I thought he was great in this segment as the foil for The Undertaker and someone that is bulletproof. Like he could take a tombstone, a choke slam, and he's fine. This guy, just give him a microphone. He'll be fine. His current like aspirations are like, at least like realistically, is probably not like WrestleMania main eventer. His current aspiration and the, the, his ceiling at the moment is the Miz, okay? And and he's going to do everything he can to be the best Miz possible. And I thought he absolutely did that here. This Once guy doing a it. talk show every couple of weeks, I think would be great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he like, I, I thought like held his own and felt like a strong presence in the ring with The Undertaker, which I, I'm assuming is not a very easy feat at all. So the lights go out, and of course, LA Knight is scared of the dark, and the lantern appears behind him. It's Bray, and Knight backs up into the ring. Taker grabs him by the throat, and then hands him off to Bray for the sister Abigail. And then the two uh, lo- lock on eye to eye, and Undertaker whispers something into his ear. And this, I'm certain, will be a meme that everybody will what, caption. What do you think he said? Chat room, let us know. Give. What do you think he said here? Um, hey, buddy, speed this program up. It's yeah. been two months. The promos could use some work. Um, and any exits. That was it. Like, I, I thought this was actually uh, one of the best segments involving any of, like, your, your legends that you were bringing back. It was um, something in trying to promote this rumble match that I don't think anyone cares about. It was sort of like the endorsement of one supernatural character to the other, who mm-hmm. is also a biker in his part-time life. Um, this, this was a good segment and the audience went nuts for the undertaker. Like he got one of the loudest reactions on the show. Yeah. And it, it refreshed the undertaker, you know, by giving us a different entrance than the one we've, you know, like seen for a lot, a lot of years now by this point. Um, I thought it was, perfect use of a legend's presence to again expand the spotlight and shine attention onto a current program and current characters i thought la knight tremendously benefited in terms of stature in terms of i think just you know his his overall like presence in in like a wwe fan's mind by being a part of this segment his delivery was fantastic i thought bray came across well in the face-to-face and taker came across great you know in no way was he exposed it was just simply come out here don't say a word look cool and then whisper some sweet nothing into Bray Wyatt's ear. So how, how cool can you pull off wearing your own talk show t-shirt to the ring? Like that is like a level of security that few would have. Like you pull, you pulled off a post wrestling t-shirt. I've never worn these. I've never worn these uh, before, (laughs) but maybe I could, I could try it. Maybe this will give me that confidence. I will say this comparing to that 2018, 25 show in that era, on that show five years ago, it's Undertaker laying out L.A. Night, not it's Bray Wyatt. T- completely. Absolutely. And that was the difference here. You know? Yes. yes. Um, I would contend that this was the best segment in this feud. And that's actually not even a question. Uh, <laughs> What's number far. two? I would contend that this was the only good segment in this entire feud. 
Uh, so we have that. That's our go home segment for the pitch black match. So that is it. We go back to the poker game. Elf Academy's playing with DDP Medusa, who instead of money, she's putting the women's title on. Like this poor woman just can't get can ever get away from this women's title controversy. That I mean, how many people care about? She's got a book coming out, by the way, uh, in March with uh, Greg Oliver. And what do you so, think the cover will be? Like, it's, I mean, uh, oh, you already have it. Okay. There we go. Okay. Well, I, I thought I thought for sure it'd be her like throwing something in. No, I I don't think she wants the. Uh, I don't think she enjoys doing all this women's title huh. stuff and the garbage can. I think she would much rather just move on from it. Who wants to be known for? I mean, uh, whatever. And uh, and Diamond Dallas Page, who I I swear, if you were not a WCW fan, this guy was one of the most over stars in 1998. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised he didn't, you know, play like hang out with Dexter Loomis and, you know, to talk about stalking. That's that's really his raw legacy, isn't it? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I don't think Sarah was making a cameo on this show. Um, so anyway, Medusa thinks she's won, but Paige wins with like a full house. Yeah, this was pretty pointless. I mean, really just to kind of show their faces, I guess. That was it. That was our whole involvement of Medusa and Diamond Dallas Page. So I hope the catering was great. I hope they got a great trip. Was to this why the Bellas uh, didn't couldn't get on? They why don't you, why don't you do you have the video? Do you want to play it? Uh, I haven't I'll seen the video. I just I just read the transcript. But I'll I'd load like it up later it. as we after the next uh, recap, which won't be long. No, it's the big steel cage match, a week in the making for a feud that's been going on since the summer. It's Bailey and Becky Lynch. This is like a uh, a Monday night at Madison Square Garden. It's the blow off in the old territory era, and down comes Bailey. And Kai and Sky jump Becky before she can enter. The door is swung in Becky's face and they use a chain to lock the door. It's three on one and she's left laying as Adam Pierce comes down. They open up the, the door with bolt cutters to check on Becky and there's no match. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. squeeze this one in. Um, this was very disappointing. I mean, I'm mean, not that I like it's like, you know, a, I I thought but. Th- there was a chance they would close. Granted, you had the big Lesnar angle at the end. I thought there was a chance they would close the show with this and just have the distinction of like the, the, the blow off to this feud, having the women headline a major milestone edition of Raw. Yeah. And instead, you got the complete opposite where I don't know it. They like this is the first time we have seen um Hunter do this of. Bait and switch. Basically. A bait and switch. Like this yeah. was clear bait and switch for a week. I mean, yeah. some people are going to be more relaxed on TV, but like th- this was all week you promoted this this cage match and like the blow off to this feud. And I don't even know why you're holding it off. As I guess they just want to do it on another week. Like unless there's some sort of extenuating circumstance that that's preventing this to happen that that we don't know about. I, I can't I imagine can... there was an injury given the fact that they were doing like this she level of physicality. physicality. Like yeah. that. I don't think like that would have been an excuse that you would have been fine with but uh, that did not appear to be the case here you presume they might be saving it for for another show um we just you know spent the last day talking about one of the best no contests ever <laughs> well we got the worst <laughs> similar kind of booking in uh kazuchika okada and kaito kiyomiya with their brawl from um uh, the uh the uh, noah versus new japan show that we encourage everybody to check out it was fucking awesome and part of the reason why that no contest was so awesome is because they never do them. 
WWE does this like every other week. And when it happened here, I mean, you could do nothing but groan. Um, the intensity and the beatdown obviously was nowhere near, you know, what it was for Okada and Kiyonia. And, you know, like, despite the fact that we didn't get a finish in that Okada Kiyomiya match, I think you leave that segment feeling like you saw something novel, something worth your time. And that was to see like Kazuchika Okada reach a different level of anger that you've never seen him before. Um, in many ways, more significant than just a typical match. Here, it was really nothing. You, it was by every, you know, definition. It was, a, a we, we don't want to do this match tonight and this is our way out of it. Like that's yeah. what it felt like. It was like booking around something we don't want to do on mm-hmm. this date at this time. SmackDown on Friday, they promoted Owens and Solo Sokoa, Rey Mysterio against Karrion Cross, and then we've got the semifinals of the tag team tournament. So that's in Laredo, Texas, the night before the Royal Rumble. I can't load this right now, so I, and I don't okay. care don't, anymore. Don't worry about it. Well, By the way, um, Alicia Taylor was the announcer. Oh, it was Alicia Taylor. Well, she was great, too. Uh, on the, uh, mm. I, I thought it was Samantha Irvin, so I think they're both great. Um, then we have the DX segment. So DX comes out and Kurt Angle is wandering out with them and, uh, Angle is not identified and, and you're just left with the feeling like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why is Kurt Angle in the background with Degeneration X? Well, you know, you know what I had faith in? I knew that the punchline would be really bad. Um, but even I did not expect this. So we're going to disagree. Uh, okay, I can't fine, wait. Fine. Fine. Uh, they all line up and they do the crotch chops. Dude, Kurt Angle did the the oldest man crotch chops you could possibly imagine. Uh, Like it was was a struggle for this man. Like this was your grandfather trying to do crotch chops. Like he just (laughs) his his hips do not bend that way, and his arms should not be extending uh, in that fashion. I mean, the DX act it's pretty basic at this point. But um, you ever see an Olympian crotch chop? Come on, they don't do that. Well. So his whole purpose here is that Road Dog does the introduction, and as he goes to introduce the badass Billy Gunn, he catches himself when he realizes it's Kurt in the ring and not Billy Gunn. I don't know if anyone has ever confused uh, Billy Gunn for Kurt Angle in their careers. Um, yeah, I haven't. He Kurt says he always wanted to be in DX, and he takes off his shirt, revealing a DX t-shirt. Hunter says, well, you've got to pass a test. And he asks, are you ready? And Kurt asks, is that the test? And that was like a genuinely funny response that, that Kurt had. And I think Waltman just like howled at this response. So they go to do the let's get ready to suck it. But they are interrupted by Imperium. And Imperium comes out calling this filth and nonsense. Gunther calls them degenerates that mock this great sport. And we're going to kick you out of the ring unless one of you can do something about it. So Hunter stands up to Gunther. Again, in 2018, he's pedigreeing this dude, and he's just leaving him laying. But in 2023, Hunter's like, I'm retired. I can't do this. He backs down Yes, Dude, even even post-health issue Hunter, I was amazed that he did this. Like, this was a guy that just did not do this. This was not in the Hunter DNA of his character. I I think, like, Booker Hunter, you know, Chief Creative Officer Hunter is... He's not competing with This is guys. leather jacket hunter though. <laughs> True. But like he in no way is like 
even in the same ballpark as these guys. In fact, these guys are extensions of him. This, this was more of a solidified retirement for me than when he announced it at WrestleMania last year. And you know all the health issues. You know he cannot wrestle. This <laughs> this moment of him just backing down to the gun, like this, this guy is one thousand percent done. Gunther is Triple H's baby, one of many. You know, to think of, <laughs> it's funny to think of like Gunther. There, there were a yeah. lot of other people's babies Swallow. that ended up just getting uh just destroyed by this. Well, this Gunther, I would contend, is is probably one of his favorite babies. Look at the look at the the, the pedestal he's been placed on on SmackDown. You know, since since Lovex taken over. So th- this was him shining a spotlight on one of his favorite projects. So then they shift their their attention to Michaels, and he just says, "Did you see my match in Saudi Arabia?" No, he says he's too old. Waltman explains he's hurt, and then Road Dog walks up. He's like, "I'm not even going to pretend." <laughs> and Hunter calls him Butterbean. So DX huddles and they nominate Kurt to take on Gunther, but Kurt turns it down, and he wishes someone was here to fight Gunther. So Seth Rollins comes out. DX is humming away at his theme, and then Waltman says they need a team to join Seth Rollins. So the Street Profits come out, and we've got three on three. But Hunter says, you know, we need someone to make this official. And don't look at me. This booking stuff isn't easy. I just wish someone could make sense of all this. So Teddy Long comes out and says, this was my spot, playa. (laughs) And he makes a six-man tag team match and... Michaels adds that we need someone to oversee this chaos. And Kurt insists he has an idea. And he has a third T-shirt underneath of a red, white, and blue referee's shirt. And the uh, the Captain America uh, float, Kurt Angle, uh, was here to, to referee uh, the match. So what were you upset about? Like, it sounds like you love this segment. Like, what? what, what I didn't like, even who, say I was. Uh, I, I, but who I, did not come across like a, like a star? Here. Uh, oh, I felt Kurt was a total goof, but that's how Kurt is handled. He's the goofy character. In this context, like, that was the shtick, you know? It was like, it, it, this is, so you don't have a full DX roster. You have a Kurt Angle that's just kind of lingering without, like, you know, you don't, you only have so much TV time that you probably don't otherwise have a space for him. So the you, gag, you cannot argue with, uh, we're, we're hurting for television time. They have plenty of television time. They did not have an idea for this guy beyond this. He would have been playing poker. It would have been his idea. Okay. And, and, and like, so the gag, those became, are not the only options you have. Like you don't sit down and saying, okay, we have, but poker. not everybody can get a spot. Like DDP can't have, you know, like a focused on promo segment. You know, so why is he here? Why is he on the show? To fill out the roster so that it, it feels like it's a bigger party. And you know, like why are the Bellas here? Sure. But like some, anyway, like for these types of shows, you can't just announce like 10 people. Like you've got to announce 20 to make it feel like, you know, like festive, I suppose. But anyway, you had Kurt Angle. Didn't have a necessarily like, you know, a segment to dedicate for him. So the gimmick of this segment became Kurt Angle wants to join DX. And I thought they like presented it wonderfully. Like it was, they didn't mention it until like they just said Kurt Angle, like pretend like nothing was wrong until like the road dog roll call. And I, I, he became like the one of the funniest parts of this entire segment. Uh, he was funny. He was entertaining in, in, in the role. Um, so he he's the referee for Imperium and Rollins and the Prophets, and uh, I thought they had a really entertaining match here. They went 13 minutes. Uh, I will mention though, this was the second match of the night, beginning at 9:35 p.m. Again, like on this show, I I didn't mind, you know, like 
because because the talking is arguably more important for this sort of like nostalgic show. I I enjoy good segments. I love the the trial segment. Um, but on this show, by by the third hour, it was like I I think you need more of a balance in three hours. I, I think I guess three for hours this one, because like you have so much well. So many legends, but like you also have that Sami Zayn bloodline segment that uh, I, I have no complaints about that. That I have no issue of like that taking that could have taken up 45 minutes and I don't think I would have been complaining about it. That was tremendous. Yeah. Uh, but over the course of how a do you three hour show, I, I, I feel that you need to have a better balance of this. Um, I personally feel like it's more important to have like engaging TV segments, you know, and, and I, I'm happy. If the segments are good and if the segments ultimately build to me wanting to see a bigger match, I'm happy that to not have as much wrestling on the TV show. Well, again, as I said, I really enjoyed the first 90 minutes of this show. I think we can we can argue about what was engaging for the remainder of this show. But um, this also featured Jerry Lawler on commentary uh, where he just asked, where's Cole? And they said he's home drinking. So uh, this was Jerry Lawler who noted he's wearing the same outfit he did from the first time he appeared on Raw. And... Graves asks Jerry Lawler if Gunther reminds him of anyone in his career. And Jerry Lawler had no answer. He just said, yeah, he's scary. And Lawler was here. Like the guys had like five years to build up all his one liners, all pretty much at the expense of Kevin Patrick. And that was like Jerry Lawler's roast of Kevin Patrick. That was 13 minutes of Lawler here. The, she just kind of went to his like, you know, Iris joke book and took them all out here. So. The big tease here was Gunther and Rollins, which uh, got involved at certain parts. And then the the Prophets doing ankle locks, Rollins doing the angle slam. The Prophets fired up with Topicon heroes to opposite sides of the ring. And then the Imperial Bomb gets stopped. And Rollins scales up, superplexes Kaiser, and then passes him off to the Dawkins. And Ford hits a blockbuster off the shoulders. And then Rollins counters a powerbomb by Gunther, hitting him with the pedigree. And we get the sky high from the heavens and a Stomp to Giovanni Vinci, thirteen oh three. Rollins gets the pin. Uh, really enjoyable match here. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. You know, you you took like what works about like the Street Profits sort of like hot tag, um, high flying style, and you mixed it with Seth Rollins, who like I mean, you, you know, is able to kind of have great matches pretty much like in any sort of like configuration. Um, and this was a wonderful six man tag just to kind of see them blend their, you know, t- types of like high flying together, uh, to, to create just, I think it's like taking two good drinks, John, and pouring them into a wonderful cocktail, um, that, you know, you might end up serving to a friend perfectly mixed. Very nice analogy. Baron Corbin beats Ted DiBiase and wins all of his money. Which, um, there's certainly, um, a commentary to make there of, uh, DiBiase's money. IRS reminds them that they have to pay their taxes. Um, so I don't know, I don't know how the state of Pennsylvania, uh, dictates, uh, what is taxable, but, uh, he took everything here, save for a hundred bucks that was left for Corbin. And Simmons got to say, damn. Yes, he did. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This was one of the lazier ones, you know, but, um, I guess uh that's to be expected. Like I feel I feel like in previous prior editions they would have all been like this. All the celebrity segments would have been like this sort of like I don't know predictable and just nothing. Kathy Kelly interviewed Bobby Lashley and uh Theory's got no excuses and no way out tonight in their no DQ match and he would still be US champion if it weren't for Brock Lesnar. Did you like this line? 
being in there? Was it too much of a, uh, of a, of a telegraphing for, for the end? Um, I, I actually you know, didn't mind it because I, I think it. it like planted the, uh, the, the, the seed as well for, for people. Um, Mm-hmm. And, and clearly, I think you want to, in some, like, you want to kind of lead people towards that direction. It's okay if they expect it a little. MVP then enters and says he has no doubt that Lashley will win tonight. And Lashley explains he doesn't need his help or Omos's help. And he's going to win tonight and handle business on his own. Well, maybe he's going to need some help after tonight. Maybe. So they're going to Brock versus MVP. Uh, what is it? Lashley again. And, uh, who's heel? Is it Lashley? Um, it depends. Is Brock a heel now? Or, no. Well, Lashley's probably going heel with, with the Hurt Business. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just a little confused because it felt like certainly like at least that first week, it felt like a MVP was leading maybe like a babyface version of the Hurt Business, but that's, that's not happening. I don't I, even know. I, if, I think we're getting a heel version of the Hurt Business. Right. Okay. So, so Brock, to me, Bobby Lashley very clearly turned heel after the Brock match in Saudi Arabia. Then he just, like went back to being a baby face for a few months. Now we're going to de- like, that was just a detour. He's back in, in the other side now. Yeah. Yeah. Brock brings out the worst in him. Okay. Ric Flair comes out. Diamonds are forever. So is WWE. And the greatest gift WWE has given him is watching his daughter exceed all of his own accolades and introduces the greatest female champion in WWE history. So Charlotte comes out, thanks her father. And then Charlotte comes to the ring on her own and she lists off different opponents. She's beaten, including Ronda Rousey, who gets booed and raw will always be her home. And Bel Air comes out. Bel Air respects Charlotte, but this is her show. And Bel Air is going to make sure Raw is the greatest show on television. Um, Goals are nice to have. Greatest in what way? She called it the great. She wants Raw to be the greatest show on television. Well, greatest in what? In 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 length? Yeah, it's that. Sure, like it's in what other show is uh, you know has been three hours of. I mean, other sports, but I guess, you know, of a, like, of a scripted nature. I don't think anything's going three hours on a weekly basis, is there? Okay. Well, greatest seems like it's, you know, I, whatever. In the eye of the beholder, certainly. But what did you think of the, the flair, you know, interaction here? I mean, I, I thought it was kind of like Hogan's, you know, get him out there, show his face and then just get out. And I thought it was probably like about the best, you know, use you could have had of a Ric Flair given, you know, so certain controversies, but not that I, they seem to care at all. Um, and not no. that I, the crowd, I think, would have reacted poorly. But, like, it's it's to serve the spotlight for the current star. Yeah, I think it's a balancing act because we've seen the other – like, the pendulum go the other way where you've come out of these shows and it's all about – the big stars were from the bygone era uh, that overshadow these current stars and they bring them in and they destroy the guys and they, they over, they overwhelm everything. And then this one, it was certainly a concerted effort to put more of the focus on the talent, which I applaud that direction. I'm going to take that direction over the former. I think though the balance is that there's a lot of people tuning in that I think they want to see the, the legends uh, featured prominently and featured in like a bit memorable appearances that I think you can serve both masters. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, pedigreeing your upcoming talent, uh, while at the same time uh, delivering something memorable. If you are tuning in for any of these big legends that you want to see in a bigger position rather than just a, you know, bring out and wave to the crowd. And, and it seems like they certainly tried to make that effort with DX, with Kurt Angle, with the undertaker, 
Um, you know, you, you question, well, should they have done more with Hulk Hogan? Should they have done more with, with Ric Flair? Part of me feels like because maybe like of particular controversy surrounding the both of them, maybe they didn't want them to, you know, overstay their welcome. Yeah. And I think that's a perfectly logical reason of like having that, like that concern of like, Using them, uh, too much that it's going to, especially right now with, the, with the climate surrounding, uh, the, this company of using figures that are going to generate that attention for your, yourself for sure. Um, so Sonia Deville comes out and she runs down Bel Air and Charlotte and says that she used to run this show. Um, I'll take her word for it. And Flair defers to Bianca Belair to take care of Sonya. So it's going to be Bianca against Sonya. But I think the backdrop here is kind of focusing on Belair and Charlotte as a possible showdown. Like that was the, what you were left with at the end is both feeling they're the, they're the top star on their show and like this being a possible mania direction. Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe mm-hmm. Rhea going somewhere else for, for mania. If you're looking at that as, uh, as a rumble winner. They are re-releasing the clips that they made, the trailer parodies from WrestleMania 21. These are going to be re-released um, because WrestleMania this year is going to be in California. And WrestleMania 18 years ago was in California. My question would be, Way, how about we make new spots to promote this year's show instead of releasing commercials from 18 years ago? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I was like, like, these were awesome spots in 2005 for the show I bought in 2005. Like, why are we, why are we making a big deal out of re-releasing these online? That's a great question. Like, let's come up with a new batch for this generation and modern references. There are a lot of movies out there. A lot of movies have come out in 18 years. There's a lot of parody material that could be done for this year's show instead of promoting WrestleMania 21. I just, I was very perplexed by this. This is is cheaper. (laughs) I guess we're, we're, we're also going to be putting out the Barker channels feed for a WrestleMania three, the countdown. We're going to put that out as well. Um, and come back. We're going to announce the tournament participants for Four, Bianca and Sonya Deville. Um, this crowd was um, this was their uh, their their come down match. It was a uh, eight twenty five of which like half of it was spent in the commercial. Uh, Bel Air hit a handspring moonsault and hits the KOD and wins in eight twenty five. There was nothing all that big that stood out for me in this match, but it was a clean win for Bel Air and then cut a promo on Bliss stating that this is a preview for Saturday. You can bring Uncle Howdy, bring the fun house, and then Bliss appears on screen and says, I'm the only obstacle. I don't need Bray Wyatt or Uncle Howdy, and I will spare your eyes when I claw your face out. Yes. Let's consider it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, uh, of of all the programs that they were trying to build to uh, at Royal Rumble, I think this one felt like the most shortchanged, unless I'm forgetting a match that, you know, is not even, um, did not get any sort of uh, representation. But, you know, this felt very cold by the end of this show because it had no um, nostalgic, you know, uh, attachment to speak of, no kind of real special uh, attraction thing. It, it was a showcase of Bianca Belair, but it just felt like any other Raw. And then you just had a promo from Alexa Bliss that kind of felt like any other promo you would have had on a regular edition of Raw. Um, my other concern coming out of this is how do they expect people to have any sort of interest in Sonya Deville challenging Charlotte Flair? I mean, it was already a tough act to begin with, but then... I don't know. You just well, when they did the, like, the clean win for Charlotte a few weeks ago, and now we're revisiting this. I mean, it's it looks both, like it'll just be a SmackDown match. Like I don't think they're even going to 
do it on the Rumble on Saturday. I guess why even waste time to tease it? Yeah. You know, why dedicate any storyline time with it? Well, I'm wondering if this segment was sort of a um, like if this replaced anything that was to involve the Bellas because. Hmm. So th- this is from Andrew's story, and I have not watched their video. They, th- but apparently they went on Instagram Live and uh, spilled the tea. But uh, this is from Andrew. It said that um, among those advertised for the show were WWE Hall of Famers, the Bella Twins. The pair did not appear on the program, but took to Instagram Live and weighed in on the show. Nikki brought up how the women's evolution was not showcased. Nikki and Brie mentioned the likes of Mercedes Monet and Soraya as names WWE did not want to mention or show. And so they don't really go into it about like what what they were going to be involved in. I would imagine like they had some kind of segment in mind, but for whatever reason, they did not end up appearing on the show as advertised. Okay, interesting. Um, Fightful reporting also that the bloodline trial segment ended up going long, and several segments had to be trimmed. And okay, well, it affected maybe. Bailey Bailey versus Becky the most. All right. Um, I wonder how long, like, you would have figured that cage match would have gone long, but, um, that would be surprising that they would just cut out the match in- entirely. But, I mean, if it depends on, like, how much time was budgeted for it. And th- that was a very long trial segment. Like, they went, like, over a half hour or roughly. Mm-hmm. Then from there, we go to, uh, Cody Rhodes and he, this is our last video before the Rumble. All the struggles he's gone through, his rehab footage, and nothing can stop him at the Rumble. Being in the ring is like oxygen, and he really needs to breathe again. And we had a quick shot of Pharaoh as well that made it into the video. Mm. This was not quite, you know, beautiful day, um, you two. Um, but, you know, I, I think it ends a pretty successful series of vignettes that, you know, is probably bound to make that entrance pretty big at the Rumble. What's your feeling? Um, like, how, how hot do you think Cody is? heading into the, the Royal Rumble? Um, I'm not going to say it's red hot, but I that statement might sound foolish if we see him on Saturday. Like, he's going to get a giant reaction, and I guess it's really how he's handled in the Rumble. I'll, I'll say that at this point, it I feel this needed, like, a really big promo from him on this show. This was yeah. not it. It was just kind of the latest extension of these these videos, which have been very nice. Um, but, but I wouldn't say it was, like, the big um, promo where everyone's rooting for this guy. Agreed. I, I I thought like by the end of the show, this video was certainly an afterthought. Um, I I would have liked to have seen him, you know, come out here, make an appearance, cut a promo, for instance, or just even I don't know, maybe send send something in that felt a bit more lively than just kind of like this edited video. Because by the end of the show, I wasn't really thinking about this a whole lot. Two K twenty three trailer. It's all built around John Cena and his showcase this year. Bad Bunny is a uh, character you can get with the pre order. Um, are you gonna buy this game? I don't think so. Maybe Evie will probably beat it. You know. Might, might. The Miz is out, and he asks why there's no Miz TV, no title match for him. So Kevin Owens comes out and stuns him, and it's Owens who cuts the promo that Reigns is guilty of holding the Universal title hostage for over two years. He gives everyone his word. He will do everything he can to change that and give them a champion they can be proud of, and he's going to just keep fighting until nothing is left. I will win the title or die trying which is quite a promise, and then stuns Miz a second time. You know, it wasn't too long ago where I could have seen the roles completely reversed between these two in a segment like this with Kevin Owens kind of playing like, you know, comedy jester and the Miz going for the championship. Um, thankfully, like, 
it's not the case anymore. And I think, you know, under Lebeck, they, they clearly see a very valuable role in the Miz as this sort of like mid card guy that's just kind of there to, you know, be in mid card comedy acts and to take stunners for a Kevin Owens going for the championship. And then the last match, Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley, no DQ for the U.S. title. Uh, they went 14-21. Um, th- uh, they got a bunch of weapons involved, including tables, a chair. Theory used a fire extinguisher. They went through a pair of commercial breaks. Lashley landed a Judas effect, and then he goes for a spear and is met with a kick. The hurt lock is broken with a low blow, and then Lashley lifts up Theory, drives him through the table when Brock's music hits. And dude, I'm looking at the clock, and Brock is just like sauntering out. I'm like, Brock, you better hustle. Yeah. It's like, dude, there time's ticking, and they have a hard out. So Brock makes his way down, F5 to Lashley, then F5's Theory on top of Lashley. Ashley, dude, they count three at like like 10 seconds to go. They are off the air pretty damn quick as Theory retains the title. And uh, this was a callback to our big Madison Square Garden match with Lesnar and Theory last year. Remember that? Um, I the don't mystery think I, opponent I don't, for Lesnar. And I don't think we got to see theory. it. So, no. No, but we got to see him uh, f 5 off the uh, the elimination chamber last year. Yeah. So, right. yeah, it looks like Lesnar and Lashley is your direction. And, you know, based on his image on the poster, I figure this is the confirmation of Lesnar in the Rumble on Saturday. Okay. Um. Oh, I, I didn't notice that. He is on the poster. Oh, okay. Well, or at least was on a, a version of the poster that I had seen. I would think that they make that clear. In is the, Lashley uh, in the Rumble? I think so. I I think everyone assumes they will be. Okay. So, uh, um, there you go. Yeah. I mean, um, Brock Lesnar is back, Bobby Lashley. So what are we looking at? Is it a Saudi match or is it, um, WrestleMania? Well, Saudi is not till after WrestleMania. They don't, they don't Uh, have that in between show. Otherwise I, I would be thinking that as a possibility, but I like, unless Brock's doing the Montreal show in February, I would think that that's probably sorry. Uh, he's already in Canada. So. You know, you wouldn't have to cross any borders. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a minimal trip for him. Maybe he can, you know, like a walk to Montreal. Maybe it's a road trip, Saskatchewan. Yeah. Ah, just we're, load we're up, neighbors. Load up the RV and take everyone over to Montreal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that was raw. Um, I, I I don't want it to come off like I did not enjoy this show. I thought it was loads better than the show five years ago, which I thought was. I just feel like nostalgia. Like these types of shows are such layups to do. Like all it requires is. Like nostalgia, fan service, and a highlight of your current talent as well. It just mm-hmm. seems like it's a show really hard to mess up, and they did not mess up this show. I liked a lot of the focus on younger talent, current programs. The Rumble felt like the focus, which you will recall the last time they did this, I think it was also a go-home show. And they would always book these on go-home shows that, to me, did not always push the pay-per-view all that hard. Um I still feel, though, that – and maybe it's a case as well that it's – the legends that they've chosen, I'm not even advocating for, like, we've gone through the Rolodex so many times over. Like, we just had a DX show, uh, like, October. October, they did that whole show based around DX. And it's just, like, a Hogan and a Flair showing up to me, like, the the bloom is off the rose there. And mm-hmm. it's the same poker segments. And it's just, um, you know, I, I think they've, they've used up a lot of the, the capital with these legends that it does sort of feel like that's... You know, the guys who show up every so often and it's it's lacking that specialness that you want for some of these figures. But The Undertaker, certainly, I think they did a really good job with that segment uh, with L.A. Knight. The lack of specialness, uh, you know, with a lot of these acts, you know, when they showed the graphics, like I, I was not excited about any single one of them because I, it wasn't too long ago that we've seen all of them. Um, 
I totally agree with you that they've kind of exhausted it. Like which put is, Brett on commentary for a match. Like that, I'm all ears. Brett and Sean on commentary, why not? But it's it's because of that reason, John, that I was so impressed by this show because I thought for the most part, for almost everybody, they either, you know, kept their appearances at a very small minimum, just simply, you know, showing their faces and introducing the show or introducing Charlotte, for instance. Or in other cases, they found ways to refresh those acts to make them feel new and entertaining again. And that certainly includes The Undertaker, this time going for the American Badass uh, persona. I thought it included DX. I thought this was one of the best DX segments in years where I legitimately laughed at, you know, a lot of, like, the, the jokes that they were making. Um, I thought it was a fresh role for Kurt Angle. And I thought Kurt, Kurt Angle, yeah, he's the jester. But, I, like, at this stage, he should be the jester. He's, he is he's enter- a great... He's, I've always said, like, he's an, he's a great comedic character and he plays the jester really well. And I think it just comes down to you and me looking at, like, I just look at Kurt Angle as someone that I would position as like, not that comedic role, but he's very good at it. And that's obviously, I would have agreed with you like 20 years ago or 10, 20 to 15 to 10 years ago. But at this stage, like he should be. I, I'd argue almost all these guys. You, you shouldn't necessarily laugh at them. You shouldn't be laughing at The Undertaker, for instance. But they should be in segments that are personality heavy, and they should be entertaining. And I thought he was both those things. Yeah, I I don't think people want to see any of these legendary figures in embarrassing situations. I think that's yeah. what you want to. This was not that at all for Angle. No. So that was the show. I think it was like it, it did accomplish uh, quite a bit. Like, where, where's kind of your level of interest for the Rumble? I will say for the, for the Rumble matches itself, I do feel it's the same trap of just relying on the history of the match that people are interested in it. Yeah. I can't say they've really hit it hard other than it's the big show and everyone knows it's a big show and you're either watching it or you're not. Yeah, I would say the storytelling like individually for the entrance in the Rumble outside of Cody like has been bad you know you have like especially on smackdown with or sorry and the women's match almost nothing outside of like Liv morgan coming in first and even that they you know haven't really hammered home a whole lot um it's it's the type of match that just kind of sells itself you know on on the match type and coming out of it it'll probably be a winner other than cody like in the women's side maybe somebody that has received no focus um like the rumble is very much like for for some people a jump start to a story so you, you know what it is way it's the guaranteed revenue rumble okay where we're getting paid the same amount from peacock regardless so sure. that's this is the guaranteed revenue rumble um but that is coming up on saturday night and we will be live right after the show uh, to go through all of the happenings in san antonio texas a lot of super chats coming in. So we want to uh, thank people in advance for joining us live, all of you, and especially those of you who are uh, uh, kind enough to support the show if you enjoy it. Um, you, we are live after every uh, Raw, after every Dynamite, and if you want to join us after every SmackDown and Rampage, consider joining the Post Wrestling Cafe, postwrestlingcafe.com, video.postwrestling.com. It's the best way to support the site. And also, uh, you get a bunch, bunch, bunch of bonus shows on top of that as well. So, uh, other ways to support the channel, of course, are to send your super chats. And that includes Eric Chung, who sends $5 to say, Happy Lunar New Year in good health. Uh, thank you, Eric. Uh, 
Totally agree. Uh, let's go to Nice Salmons, who sends $5 to say, it might have been said already, but the trial of Sammy had the scent of Vince on it. I enjoyed it, but I couldn't help but smell this is your life. Oh, I disagree. Like callbacks to the past, weaving in clips over multiple months to try and form a present day narrative of where you're going. I, I disagree that this had the scent of Vince on it. I mean, what is the scent? And, and of this it? also didn't, I, I didn't find this to be comedic. Like I was like, this was a more the the some of the the evidence like the Paul Heyman thing was was like you know he was very over the top and and doing the show but you're right like it was not nearly as it was not funny. being done for laughs like you might have been like here's a guy like you can poke all these holes in his prosecution but th- this was not them out there trying to do comedy with the with the audience. I feel like when we say like, you know, it's got a smell of like Vince and the smell of this is your life. I, maybe what we're trying to say is this was a long talking segment in, in a professional wrestling show. Um, and I feel like it should smell like Vince because Vince has been responsible for, you know, how, how many years? 30 plus 30 years uh, of raw. So this show ultimately is still raw and you're going to get long talking segments on special occasions. And I, this was thankfully a good one, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, I was not bored during that that segment. And, you know, other than like the opening, like they were in the ring by probably like five after they're they're making the entrance. And they that segment went till about 830 before we went to the uh, the tag match. The advocate sends in a ten dollar super chat. Thank you so much, advocate, for that support. Uh, he he wants to say about the bloodline segment. Fantastic segment. Sami Zayn and the Bloodline are the best thing going on in WWE. I'm thinking they have to have Sami versus Roman at Mania rather than the rumored Cody Reigns match. Well, uh, it could be either one of those. It could be neither of those matches. I I certainly look at it that there are a lot of different pieces that will almost guarantee some segment of the audience will be furious with whatever direction they go in. Yeah. Again, like speaking strictly from like, you know, their type of thinking and, and, and how they like to present WrestleMania as, again, the type of show that grabs eyeballs and grabs people's attentions that aren't watching week to week. I don't see them looking at Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns as that attractive, you know, match. Like, is is the pursuit of the tag titles by Zayn and Owens enough to close like a first night of Mania? Can they oh. build that up to be big enough for the first night? If if you're going with the impression of Reigns defending the title once, it's an interesting question. Yeah, what like you know, if there's one Roman Reigns match, what do you headline the other show with? Um, I don't think so. And that's not because people don't like Sami Zayn. It's because the tag team championships, even though the Usos have done such a great job with them, I don't think the tag team championships are important enough to, mm. to headline a WrestleMania. Um, they're, they're not there yet. What, what does it mean though in this day and age to like, like it's more so a sign of respect of going on last. It's not as though this is selling more tickets or this is, it's, it's placement. It's placement of the match. And, mm-hmm. I would argue like this tag title program, it's been built up a lot more significantly um, than than we had last year with uh, with with Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. Yeah, I I guarantee you, if you save that match for last, nobody is going to leave the arena and, 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 you know, your diehard fan. Well, I say nobody that watches wrestling regularly. Now, is that going to captivate casual fans enough should you be you know trying to satisfy casual you're fans? picking the best and, and i say and i say becky lynch and bianca belair because a lot of people were advocating for them going on last last year right. and they ended up going with what was the hotter match which was austin and owens and they made the right decision mm-hmm. but you know it's um it, it's one where 
I think like people were more than accepting of Becky and and Bianca being in that that slot last year. And this is this is and that was built up over several months too when you had like the SummerSlam return by by Becky. But this Usos thing has been going on forever and you've got a red hot story with Owens and Zayn. Um it's it's just it's something that if you were somebody that it's it's more to me of a consolation than anything for a, the Sami Zayn supporter that here are Owens and Zayn and it's the feel good moment of night one to close with the tag title run ending that I, th- I think it's a cool moment that you if built up well enough, which so far it has been like you could pull the trigger and, and it could be as big as that for night one. I think it's very possible. I don't I, th- I think there's no doubt you could. Mm. Well, if it wasn't title elimination chamber, um, I would say that, that there's no doubt you could headline that particular pay per view with that particular match. Um, but you know, like if there is a temptation to put that match on elimination chamber, what do you do for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania? You know, is it better to peak them and their celebration for that show? Well, and, and the other sticking point of elimination chamber is like the status of the Usos, um, I believe specifically Jimmy, but, um, yeah, like hmm. that, that question as well. Uh, let's go to Matt Hahn, who sends $5 to say, I think the only way the bloodline storyline could be any better is if Sammy had won the money in the bank and he still had the briefcase. I mean, we, we threw out that idea, like Sammy Zayn wins money in the bank to protect Roman. So no one else can have it. And I think the idea I threw out was like, Sammy wins it. And it's like, you don't have him carrying it out every week. It's like, we forget about the briefcase. And it's just, that is the loyalty oath to Roman Reigns is that briefcase. You do not have this hanging over your head. It's in good hands with Sammy Zayn. And it's always lingering in the back of everyone's head that that was the winner. So that when, I, I, to me, it would have been a great tool, much better than just even if it ends up like he doesn't get to win it. But you cannot argue that's not a better idea than what they had with Austin Theory. Oh, uh, uh, most things I think would have been better than what they did with Theory. Um, I think we're, you know, we're all assuming this Zane is going to somehow like end his association with the bloodline before WrestleMania. Are, are we like neglecting Hostile the idea? takeover? What? It's a hostile takeover, and they vote out the uh, the chairman, Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But are we neglecting the possibility that Levesque would want to keep this going for another several months, maybe even another year, considering just the incredible chemistry that they all have together? I I think they're closing in on the time. You, you don't want – I think you want to catch the peak when it's at its hottest. Like that to me is when you, you execute the t- – like the fans want – but we say this all the time about like tag teams, you know, like, oh, this, this tag team is doing so great together. Time to break them up. Is this not a similar situation where like you have such a wonderful unit together? What I think with come? a lot of tag team options, you don't have that. Cl- like no one was saying, I oh, man, I can't wait till the Hardys break up. I can't wait till the Road Warriors break up. I can't wait till the Midnight Express Some break up. Some people were saying that about the Hardys. Some people would have been say- said that about the Dudleys and, you know. Edge and Christian. Well, it was, uh, you can probably find someone that's, that argues for anything, but I would argue for this one. It is like, this is what everyone is captivated by. It's like the drama of when and who is going to turn on who that you do have to pay that off at, at some point. Um, yeah, it I will, like, like anything, it has its time and you want to nail the timing on it. And I think like they are, they're in a great position, uh, going into their biggest portion of the year. 
William Robb sends $2 to tell us about Fightful reporting that the tribal court segment went over time. So thank you very much for that. And our thanks to uh, our friends at Fightful. Uh, Davidian Alter sends a $5 just to uh, support the channel. And thank you for being a channel member as well, Davidian. Thank you. Uh, and we go to Danny Kooks who sends $2 to say, I was there live and it was abysmal. It dragged. So uh, I apologize. And again, um, I remind people, I had a very enjoyable viewing of the show, but I also happened to skip every single commercial break. So, um, yeah. And, and like you are booking these as well for like a, an arena of 14,000 people uh, as well. Um, and you know, the cage match, like if they were the victims of time, that's unfortunate, but you know, your audience is just, they're there to watch, like they're watching that cage hung over the whole night and they don't get a cage match. Like yeah. I, I honestly believe like as a make good for that audience, they should have given them like the dark match of, do 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 a dry run through of the match for the audience. The cage is set up. Go out and do ten minutes. You don't have to do the full blowout match you had planned for TV, but give the audience what they had a week to build up and just lower the. It, like yeah, it goes against the injury angle to Becky, but it's it's a dark match. Just mm-hmm. do the do the ten minutes, and I think you um you know m- might be enough for like a, a spectator like. I wonder Danny what here, they did. Any idea what the, um... I I. I would have to double check, but I don't think they did anything after the show went off the air. Mm, okay. Uh, we go to Josh Cardenas, who sends $5. Thank you for the support, Josh. He says, appreciate your guys' work. Do you guys think Sammy is in the Rumble? If not, the fans will turn on the Rumble match. We had spoken uh, about that uh, a bit earlier in the show. You might have missed it, but um, I think we I, I do think it's an interesting question because, number one, I would not want to leave it as it is now where you're asking this question. If you're Josh, is he in the rumble? Because then it's going to be this cloud hanging over. Is Sammy in there? Mm -hmm. If you put him in and he is not winning, that's definitely a risk you are running of. If you don't have something satisfying, um, the wrong guy gets eliminated and that audience can turn on things like we do have that precedent. If you don't put, if you don't put him in the rumble or or, or just to kind of carry on that previous one, you put him in before Cody, you put him in. He gets eliminated by somebody in the bloodline, perhaps, you know, something relating back to his own story, just kind of paving the way for Cody to get all the babyface attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also a stadium setting as opposed to an arena that it is a bit different as well in terms of the, you know, you're not going to have, I feel like as much of a revolt as we saw at some of those rumbles that were in like sort of the more intimate uh, arena settings mm-hmm. as well. But the other option is that you just make it clear on SmackDown he is not in the Rumble and you eliminate that that question for people going into the match. Uh, last one here, again from William Robb, sends $2. Thank you, William. He says, uh, William Rabb, I'm sorry. He says, would you have Austin win the Rumble if he is in? If you have the commitment and he's doing reigns, yes. Um, yep. What what bigger buzz could you have coming out of the Rumble than Austin winning? You're going to do a monster. First of all, they're going to do a monster number this week, and they're going to do a monster number next week as well. Like Rumble Raw after the Rumble is always among the biggest shows of the year numbers wise for them. Um, Austin winning is, um, yeah. If, so, if he's doing the match with Reigns, he should win. So here's a question, you know, because um, it's a unified championship, and I don't know if they did this last year, but like. Um, do you have a, do you have a men's elimination chamber? I, I guess it all, it's, it's all in how, so last year it was Brock that won and then what Roman defended the title at elimination chamber, I believe. 
Oh, in the chamber match itself, right? Of course. Okay, so that does make sense. So you could, so they'll probably do that again. Am I year. right? Is that how they did it? last I'm pretty week? sure he defended the belt in the chamber. Um, we have we watch a lot of wrestling. Our memories aren't aren't so great, but um, it can't that kind of like. <laughs> please look this up. I don't want you know everybody to just kind of flat out. But like, I I I guess like um yeah, I would have Austin if he's committed. You know, win the rumble because it's the easiest spot for him to get to a title match at WrestleMania because the man is not going to work in an elimina- elimination chamber. He, he should not be wrestling at all until WrestleMania comes. So, um, oh, easiest- okay. Okay. So they had Roman Reigns. This is where the, the titles were split at this point last year because they unified them at Mania. So Roman defended oh, against okay. Goldberg at the chamber. And then there was an, uh, Brock was the WWE champion at this time. Remember? Oh. So he won the rumble as WWE champion yeah. and then defended it at chamber. That was the title that was defended. And that was your Roman Brock setup. So okay. anyway, to answer your question, I would assume that it is for sure a women's chamber match. Mm-hmm. And probably we get a men's chamber match that could be Roman defending it because I, I really, I do not, the more we get closer to it, I do not like the idea of like the, the two nights of Roman defending. I think you build no. up to one big match and that is It takes away from, from the luster. I, of the I think first the first week. one almost feels lame duck in yeah. in some ways. Um that I I could see that being like a women's chamber match and then you have the men's uh like you could have Roman to defend the title in the chamber which is they have done in past years. Right. Um yeah. Feedback. Let's let's go to one last one here from okay. Ben Brisebois, who sends ten dollars. Thank you so much for the uh, longtime support, Ben. He, he says, "Happy Lunar New Year." I haven't left feedback since feedback messed up leaving comments on pages, and you guys switched to the board. Good times. That was a long time ago. That's a really long um, time ago. Sammy is the best reason to watch wrestling. Well, we are glad you are watching wrestling and that you're still with us. So, thank you, Ben. Okay, let's uh, finish up here. Chris in Ottawa. I watch WWE about two to three times a year these days, usually a big event like the Rumble, and thought they might put together a respectable show for the big anniversary. How wrong I was. I struggled mightily to stay engaged for the full three hours, and a big part of that was because of the crowd sounding like they have they are having the same problem. It was the din or constant murmur I'd expect from a baseball game, not a wrestling event. I have absolutely no idea how you both summon the strength to consume this show for three hours every Monday, let alone cover it and make it interesting for someone like me who watches. I'm left with the feeling that there is something very wrong with the people who tune in week after week simply for entertainment. I've never respected you more. You you are true yeoman. Zero out of ten. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, well... So I, um, I was in that negative way. Uh, you know, Sportsnet... Um, now, um, DVR, it, uh, I, I don't know if, if I'd be Dude, able to can watch I just, wrestling can I just give a, a public applause to the new TSN player that now has a, a pause and rewind function that has joined the rest of the world? And I'm not willing technology. to give it any sort of kudos, John. Like, uh, first of all, we have to pay extra to watch not Rampage. Yet, not yet. Um, but that's probably and, coming. And I don't know if the rewind is actually like, don't you just have a small buffer? Like, you can't rewind to the beginning of the show. You can't? I mean, I just watched I, it live last week, so I didn't have to try it, but it's I not the rewind. If it's a rewind and I can't rewind, then it's not a rewind button. Well, my, when I've used it, like, I can only go back as far as like two, two minutes, maybe. Oh my God. Well, then I, I take back my compliments. The, the Sportsnet player is very nice. Can we agree on that? Great. Like, yeah. It's, I could go back two hours if I need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's excellent. You're up. 
Oh, okay. We get a Kate from Montreal who says, Tonight's Raw felt like a very stark reminder that the Bloodline story might be the only vibrant thing WWE has going on right now. I understand the call to let it run long, and I get that the damage control Becky feud has felt very cold lately, but it looks clumsy as hell cutting an advertised cage match. It feels like there were other segments that could have been trimmed a little to make room. Uh, I feel a bit sorry for Rollins, who seems hugely over right now, more than he has been in years, but who still isn't going to be included in discussions of who is dethroning Roman? Bad timing, I guess. In Seth's case, yeah, yeah. I mean, you want somebody who feels a bit more special, I suppose, and he he's too much of a constant, I guess, to to feel that way. You know, time of time away would might might benefit him greatly. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not too worried about Seth Rollins. Like again, I as I said last week, I I think he is like. The, like one of the best things on Raw um, most Monday nights, and I figure he is going to be in something big at at WrestleMania. I think, would you like, be offend? Like, what if that that something was a match with Cody, another match with Cody? I mean, it's it's a if if that's the way that the deck shuffles. Like, there is a storyline reason to do Cody and Seth, um, but unfortunately, now you have both in babyface roles. That's really tough to do that match. Like if, mm-hmm. if Rollins was still a heel, I'd be certainly pushing for that in Montreal. Like that would be a great final step for Cody before he goes for the title at Mania, but things might not shake out that way. Mm. Muggin, the first hour was arguably the strongest first hour in years. Zane's come to tribal Jesus meeting had me on my toes. Heyman and Jay Uso played the roles perfectly in the tag title match that ensued was strong, complete with Sammy earning a stay of execution. This had to come on, this has to come to a head on Saturday. Cutting the cage match soured me. However, the use of past stars to elevate today's roster was quite well done. I bet Hunter wants to make good on the bloodline spilling over their allotted time. If Becky and Bailey isn't going to be at the rumble, what are we doing here? I don't know if they're going to add it like that. That's yeah. already like you have two rumbles already. That's um, over two hours of time allotted. I don't know if they're going to have time to fit in. If they couldn't, if they couldn't cut, say, the women's segment with Charlotte and Bianca and Sonya Deville to fit in that cage match. Well, I would suggest maybe they wanted to save Becky and Bailey for another edition of Raw because it's attractive enough. Yes. To delay to it for another week. And they have to promote why. it. It'll kick off the show. It won't get fucked. Sure. Yeah, they, they <laughs> we're not going to run out of time. They we're going to start one, the show with one it. hour, an Iron Man, Iron Woman cage match between the two. Yeah, like I mean, I, I, I understand like you know people wanting the ultimate perfect best show, but like I, I, I guess I, I more so see them wanting to delay it because it's it deserves more time and and not not to not be trimmed down. Uh, in either case, it's like. It, the show should have been segmented better. You know, they sh- it should have been timed better. And, well, and, he- and, and let's also like put it on the performers too. Like you have a time and you're in charge of hitting your time. Like there's sure. only so like you can be the best producer in the world, but it's live television and these performers are in the ring and they're having a great segment. It's like that's the old adage. If you're going to go over your time, it better be great. It was a mm-hmm. pretty great segment, but that also falls on them. Like they're seasoned performers. And if you're allotted 20 and you go 30, I mean, that's. You know, that affects the whole rest of the show. Agreed. We go to Willow, who says there were three main things advertised for Raw 30, and none of them went as expected after seeing the ads at last week. But I, I should know better. As a fan going into the show, unaware What were of the, the three things beyond the cage match? So the, um, the, the Bellas? No, no, no. The, uh, Samoan, um, Bloodline oh, family yep. thing. The other one. I mean, they did change that around. All weekend they were promoting the, the new trial. What was so. the other one? Like Lashley? Um, theory. Well, Lashley and Theory, they did, but um, they added turned, a step to it. it. Turned into a no DQ. 
Okay, that's not false advertising. That's that's building on something. Well, that's... like with Brock Lesnar, I guess you know, and but uh, yeah, yeah. I, anyway, let's continue. As a fan going into the show, unaware of the acknowledgement ceremony being axed, I kept waiting for it, and it never happened. There was the cage match that never happened, as I now see that was cut for time. The main event thanks ended thanks to Lesnar. Opening segment was great, but the rest of the hype didn't deliver for me. I am sure the people enjoyed having Brock Lesnar as a big surprise at the end of the show. And I think that's what a lot of fans want. They want to see something important happen. And Brock showing up was important and certainly beats just, you know, like theory slipping on a banana peel and beating Bobby Lashley. I mean, you got like a big finish at the end with a surprise appearance. Yeah. Like I, I think it's more topical, more newsworthy than just a clean finish, I guess. Mm -hmm. Do you like that direction as, um, for Brock? La- for for Brock, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, they have unfinished business, and um, I think it's a big, well, feels like a big big match. Uh, WrestleMania worthy, sure. Wh- who who ends up with Logan Paul? Who would you like to see with Logan Paul? Oh yeah, um, I'd love to see the Cena thing. You know, whether it be in a tag team setting or even one on one, if if they dare. Do you see Cena doing like a real match at WrestleMania? That's where my hesitation is. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, maybe that, say- that SmackDown match to me, I was like, man, there's no way this guy's doing a 15 minute match at WrestleMania. Yeah, but I don't think y- so. Your idea was really good about the tag idea. Yeah, same like, thing that you did is last how, year. That's and to be honest, like that takes a load off of Cena. It's not all on him. Mm-hmm. Like you could do like Cena and Rollins together against like Austin Theory and Logan Paul. Like Austin Theory and Logan Paul, if Logan was willing to be a heel, those two would actually like gel together something kind of tells me they would find another celebrity to to oppose a logan paul john stewart uh, john stewart with john cena uh yes hmm interesting yeah you know jake is fighting uh at the end of february yeah uh-huh. he's doing a boxing fight in saudi so, arabia yeah I'm, I'm just saying like timing wise like if you uh I, I don't think Jake is, uh. That means you have to pay Jake Paul, and I don't know if he's just coming in. I'm just saying, nothing. like, the idea of, like, Jake being in a, in a corner or, or something like that, like, building off what they did in Saudi Arabia last year. Anyway, uh, we'll have plenty of time to uh, go over all of this in the next, I would say by the end of next Monday, we should have a much clearer picture of where they're going, at least for the key, um, the key directions for some of your programs. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up. Uh, we went late tonight. How was, uh, how was game number two of seven way? Who won? Series uh, tied. There's, you know, the, the the fans win. I broke my nose, so I'm gonna have to wear a mask for the rest of the week. Uh, but that's it. Rewind away. Dropped on Tuesday night for Cafe members. NXT Takeover New York is the subject, so that is coming up for Cafe members, and then Dynamite Wednesday night, minutes after the show concludes. And don't forget, up next, coming out tomorrow. Poison Rana, our friends here, will be live at youtube.com slash postwrestling after uh, the show ends and also up on the audio podcast feeds as well. So do check that out tomorrow. Okay, that's going to uh, wrap things up for us. And uh, as Paul Heyman said, Way, you're an Abula Bonabala. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.